with me again. Hey, Joel. Hi, Ted. Hi. How's it going? Good, buddy. We got to get, uh, we got to catch up. I know. got to catch up. There's a lot going on. Well, today's a big show in a sense. Yes. I feel like we have hit in our pandemic lockdown, which we have been going through since March with the rest of the world. Some of the world's been with and longer than that. Yeah. We are going to have a return to comedy. All right. Yes. We have peaked. (laughs) We've peaked. We're on the way back down to comedy. (laughs) Where we're heading. Our concerns are are going away. We could crater in any any day now. Yeah. uh, We are, comedy's returning. We'll talk about all those things coming up. I think that's uh, great. Including my comedy class returning. The comedy right. castle is going to be returning. I'll tell you some changes. I was at the comedy castle just yesterday. Really? And I was talking to a gentleman that works there named Mark Ridley. All right. Yeah. Mark, you ever in, heard of him? Yes, I've heard of him. Yeah, Mark was there. And he's we got to be, He's got to be thrilled. He's, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say, I'm not going to describe his emotional state. He's cautiously optimistic. Um Look, it's going to be good to have the club open again, right? but there's still lots of moving parts. We'll get into all that. I'm also going to tell you about a couple of, uh, lots of TV stuff today. The two best, funniest TV shows that you can watch in 2020. Okay. I will tell you what those are. Okay. I believe you've seen one of them, but not the other. Yeah. So we'll talk about those. Yeah. And then uh, I have a movie that might be the most important movie of the year. And I'll tell people how to see that. The most important movie of 2020. Uh, and you, you almost certainly have not seen that. In fact, almost nobody's seen that. Okay. Yet. And I'll explain why when we get to that. So I'm going to tease. Okay. That's I'm going to tease. Yeah, this is exciting. Tease. Yeah. People just stay around. Boy, I, they're going to stay around, man. And listen to the show. <laughs> and they're not going to turn it off after 90 minutes with two and a half hours left, unlike your show. Yeah. So that's that, the thing. Uh, boom, boom. Yeah, My show, Ted Talks Too Much with a number two. You live up to that. <laughs> Yeah, here's my Thank review. You. You're, you're, this is how we're starting the oh, show. Oh, God, you're going to review I'm reviewing my, your show. My po- Dude, I wouldn't have a podcast if it wasn't for okay. you. But I listened to a recent episode. Oh, really? Of yours. Yes. Whilst doing yard work. Okay. Are you going to review the quality of the podcast or the quality of the content of the podcast? I'm going to review you. <laughs> Just you. You know what? This may be a very short <laughs> podcast. Well, listen, your, I did. Your I, guest may be living. Whilst your guest may be leaving. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> believe me. I got this living. if you leave. I, I, you know. You could do this uh, alone. You, My guests sometimes are just rationalizations to do a show. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm the well, excuse. Ted's here. I guess I'm really doing this. Let's this hammer alone, Ted. Going. Yeah. When Bring I'm going, him in hammer on Ted for a while. I All could right. be playing video games or doing a podcast. I'm Take a swing. Take okay. a swing, dude. Um, you know what? You, first, you got to know that you taught me yeah. everything I know about podcasts. Sure. My first podcast was right here. Mm-hmm. I walked out thinking I was terrible, <laughs> but now I'm convinced I was wrong. <laughs> I was quite good. Uh, you were good. I would have said you were good. No, actually, that was with uh, Steve Hansen. Yeah, I remember that. And show. I walked out and said, yeah. "Steve, you really know how to do this." Yeah, I didn't know when to talk. I thought I was I just. Yeah, I thought both of you could talk. 
<laughs> as I can. Yeah. Yes, you so can. So it works out. But right. I guess here's what I'm going to say technically about the show. Yes. We Meaning I was mowing the lawn. Yes. I had earbuds in. Yes. And I didn't notice anything unusual. So my review on that is like it was fine. It was oh, like, the audio yeah, was Yeah, the audio was oh, fine. Well, that's good. I, I that's had no important. problem with the audio. Good, good. I had no problem with the audio at all. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to take a guess at whom I listened to as a guest? Uh, it was fairly recent. I don't want to say it was last week or anything, but I mean, it was uh, It was within the last eight weeks. It wasn't Marcus Olin? It was not. Uh, was it Billy Ray Bauer? It was not. Was it uh, Bill Bouchard? <laughs> it was not. Mike Green. It was not Mike Green. Dude. I, I should listen to Mike Green. Mike Green's great. Kara Karachi. You got it, my All friend. Right. <laughs> I listened to you talking to Kara Karachi. Uh, who? Uh, was, I think it's Kara. It came, but I went it, through Kara, this. I believe it is Kara. I know yeah. you guys have been sure, but Kara yeah. and I, uh, she was my uh, one of my students, which same way I met you. Yeah. She did my comedy class. Yeah, she's a great gal. She came into my comedy class because uh, I had seen her uh, do Bill Burchard's class. I saw her performance. Right. Graduate show. Right. A, a, a hideous performance. Hers? Yes. Really? In, in the Bill Bouchard Comedy 101 class. Really? Like, she got laughs, but it was like the dumbest, easiest, oh. hackiest sort of yeah. stuff done through the lens of this uh, very well, attractive woman. First show. Who, very likable, very charismatic. And, and I told her all of these things, which got Scott. So I'm not like, yeah, yeah. Here. Hi, my name's Joel. And you she, suck. She abandoned <laughs> most, and I think this is a testament to my class. She abandoned most of that material, wrote other stuff. Yeah. And is doing great. And she's she very funny. Well, you, you know, she's, like, she's very business minded. Yeah. She's all about marketing right. and networking. Yeah, and she's, she's great. Yeah, she's hardworking. And yeah, I uh, like her a lot. Like I said, very charismatic yeah. and on stage. And, and likable. Do you know, I have a connection to her that I only found out later. Well, there's two connections. One is a direct connection. One of them is a coincidence. You dated her sister. No, well, well, it's not quite like that. Yeah. I, um, two things. One is that she was very, very good friends with my cousin. They went to the same high school. Oh. So I have a cousin, Elizabeth, and her and Kara, like, known each other for years and years and years. It's Kara. Kara and her have known each other. I do the same damn thing. For years and years and years. (laughs) Look, we're going to just say we want to say Jane here. (laughs) Who gives a shit? But they've known each other for years and years and years, going back to childhood. Buddies. And the other thing about uh, her that I I found out uh, was that we both have this in common. We were both uh, raised... Uh, by our, I believe it was both of our mothers, she talked about it with you, were one of 11 children. Yes. So we both came from these giant families. Yes. So we had a lot in common. We kind of oh. grew up in the same area. She knows my yeah, cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That stuff. So I found that all out later. Yeah. So she, that was neat. She's great. Super lady. Yeah, I like her a lot. Now, so you listen to the show. Yes, and I'm reviewing you. Oh, and not I her. said that. Not, not her. Not her. <laughs> my review of her is over. She's I, great. I, she's great. All she right. She did nothing wrong. She's all a good right. guest. All right. Take a swing. I don't know why, I don't know why people want to do this, but, but take a swing. That. Go ahead, dude. Glad to be here. Go she's ahead. talking about her life to you. I, I may get the facts wrong about exactly what you were talking about. All right. But it was something to the degree of, so then I, I'm, I'm Kara. <laughs> so then I worked at the college television station, and I was doing this and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And yeah, yeah. Later got a job working uh, with Jerry Springer as a thing. In this right, room. right, right. And then you double back and go, how did you get a job Jerry Springer? You didn't have any experience on television. Yeah, I forgot that she had mentioned that. You completely that. forgot that. Yeah, yep. I, yes. I forgot a detail. Yep. And you ended up looking really bad in that situation. I don't know if it looked bad. I just thought, oh, I forgot. You looked like you weren't paying attention. Well, I was paying attention, but there's a lot of information, dude. <laughs> yeah, I can't keep up with all the but details. But then you two sort of argued about it, 
And you're both. Well, she mentioned absolutely. She mentioned it in passing. If you listen to the episode. Oh no, I there was no passing. No, no there was. She no, talked all about it. No, there's no passing. Yeah, she talked but about it was it like for minutes. Yeah, but experience in TV and working on campus was, at a radio station. It was are kind of different things. You know what I mean? You guys trying to figure out what she yeah. said, and you're telling her, and you're essentially gaslighting her, meaning telling her you're crazy because you never said that. I never said she, she was knows crazy. She said it. Everybody listening knows that she said it. Yeah. And you are all alone in your own world going, no, you never said That's that. That's why it's entertaining, and you just dude. you came off as a maniac. <laughs> all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That's my review. Well, thank you. Otherwise, I like the show. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But so I, think, I think maybe for you, as a piece of advice, would be to- Hold it. Of, hold it. You're going to give me podcasting yes, advice yes, now. Yes. All right. Yeah. Go ahead. Sometimes just nod and agree. Keeps the show moving along. No, that's not me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not okay. me, dude. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a name. A name of a guy I hate, but it's still a name. Yeah, Larry King. Yeah, Larry King doesn't know anything. He didn't know why he's never met a. He has a guest on that wrote a book. He you think I'm like Larry he King? That. No, no, no. Because I no, forgot no, no. something I, she mentioned. I hate Larry King, and I like you. Here's the point. Larry King he's got doesn't really, know anything. He's got really weird shoulders. Larry King doesn't listen to his guests. Larry King doesn't know what's happening. Larry King sits there and he says he nods and moves along. And that's worked for him. He's considered Dude. one of the best in the business. And he's actually lousy at his job from what I want to see. But in a situ- my feeling is that when you're in a situation like that, you should be Larry King. Well, how? Okay. Meaning you forgot what the guest said, or there's something you didn't understand, yeah. and rather than turning it into an argument, nod and move on. I didn't turn it into an argument. Yeah, I, said, I, said, I told her I didn't remember. It sounded like an argument. It. Well, it wasn't. This, I do argue about you things. You and I. And I'm arguing this about this right argument. now. <laughs> I know. I know. This is an argument. I hope your headphones are too loud. That's yeah, what I'm hoping. They're way fucking too loud. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. You know what? This is a great way to start the show. Yeah, it is. Yes. Yeah. All right. I'm giving you valuable podcast advice. From one of the forefathers of podcasting, I feel in like the world, Corey has come back Joel to life many. to tell Ted Don't, what's wrong I, with believe Ted. Believe me, if only <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I could make that happen right now, yes. and replace his body, uh, your body with his, and you would vanish into dust. I would do that right now. <laughs> all right, and this is why I drive fifty miles oh, to be on Joel's podcast. No, first of all, I like the show. I like you. First of all, you know I like you, and I liked that show with Kara. I listened to it for. Like I said, I did listen to 90 minutes, and I didn't even finish part one. Uh, so that was a little bit... Uh, no, that's not was true. Was it not 90 that's minutes, not, no, but 70 minutes, something like nah, that? It was, it was, no, it took me over an hour to do the article. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's maybe an hour 10 or something and like then, that, maybe uh, And yeah, you have really good guests. Tell everybody who your guests are, because you do have great guests. I had you on the show. You did. And I was actually quite kind to you. <laughs> I didn't bring up any if of your shortcomings you know. <laughs> on the show, nor would I, but that's me. Actually, I've had Bill Bouchard, I've had Mike yeah. Green, Billy Ray Bauer, a lot yeah. of really good comedians. Now, you and Billy Ray Bauer together, that's two guys who can't shut up. You and know, that's coming from me who can't shut up. You know what? I'm on a show with Billy Ray Bauer in two weeks at One Night Stands. Yeah. Bill's, Billy's, uh, great. And Bill's been on this show a million well, times. Well, you know what? Too, Billy but... and I are of the same generation, yes. but very different mindsets. Okay, yeah. He's very liberal. I'm a little bit more conservative. Uh-huh. And uh, we actually golfed okay. for four hours before we uh, did the podcast. Yeah. Oh, nice. And you know what? He's one of those guys that can disagree with you, but do it in a polite well, way. yeah. He's a charming guy. Yeah, nice you, guy. Something you could learn, Joel. Yeah, I, 
Come on. Everybody can learn something from somebody. Believe me, I I am uh, I am known for speaking my mind, and that is not always. I think I am too. Taken. Well, I think so too. Yeah. And I, I'm okay with being wrong sometimes. Yeah, and that's fine. Unless it's you and Carol. But the nice thing is, the podcast then is doing well. Thank you very much. It is. Doing We're well. now in 57 countries. Just okay. picked up Taiwan. 57 countries around the world. Well, yeah, but that's. I, I think I've explained to you. That that is not. Hold on, I take pride in this. You want to you want to tell me why I shouldn't take pride in this? Because, the, dude, I like the fact I'm the in way the way that people look at download traffic and where it's coming from does not mean that the person in Taiwan was actually in Taiwan. It doesn't mean there's a guy in Taiwan pushing a button listening to your show. It means that some that he was. You mean my listeners in Nepal are really in South Africa? It means that your internet traffic went through Nepal and yeah. they went through Taiwan. Yeah, we don't actually know where that person yeah. resides. But in any case, no, I, and that's fine. And you can get all those stats. I'm glad. I'm glad no, no, to have no, 57 listeners. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. No. Yeah, thousands of dollars. I'm actually doing quite well. Yeah. I'm actually really happy. Right. Talking to sponsors. Yeah. Good. Yeah. No, so I think you're doing a good job with the show. I've enjoyed what I've heard. Look, I'm a guy that has too many podcasts to listen to and cannot necessarily listen to all that I I can't believe you took the time download. to listen to my humble podcast. I did. I listened That's to you and Kyra. TedTalksTooMuch.com. Yeah. TedTalksTooMuch. All right. With a number two. I'm actually selling merch, uh, <laughs> podcast merch on Amazon.com. Oh, my goodness. It has, it has my logo on it for you and all your friends that talk too much. Get your Ted merchandise. Yes, Amazon. All right. Anything? All right. I, uh, so, uh, well, I guess we'll move on to comedy. Then. Let's do that. All right. Because comedy is back. Because there was nothing funny about this In so far. State, well, <laughs> we're, we're listening. We're plugging your podcast. <laughs> there you go. I thought it was. No, look. I think your argument with with Kara could have been entertaining. It wasn't an argument. It wasn't an argument. It was. It was sort of like. A, it was what? me just saying, I don't remember that coming up. Right. Oh, but, well, there's nothing wrong the, with that. But the difference between Dude. when that happens in real life, yeah. there's no way to rewind it and say who was right. When it happens on a recorded thing, Well, I could have stopped the podcast. Knows. I could have stopped the podcast, went back and reviewed <laughs> The thing about the podcast, it's a real conversation. It is. And you talk to somebody for an hour and a half, you don't necessarily remember everything. No. But usually, I'm... Pretty much in the moment with my guests, I think. All right. I'm here with you now. I am, Not critique. that I want to be, but it's I am. Critique. It's a critique. <laughs> Thank you. You notice I don't give you these critiques in, in you know what? I in actually, private, in person, I know, or on the I telephone. Know. I wait till we're doing it on a show. Actually, I've had a couple other people that say they really like the podcast, but have suggestions. Oh, okay. And I've asked them to write them down, send them to me. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm really interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But some of it is on the format of the show and those mm -hmm. kind of things. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure I'm going to take everybody's advice, but I certainly like it because it gives me a different perspective. Well, and I think also part of it is... Pointing out that I forgot something is just, that's just bullshit, well, it's but just, that's fine. It's a, it's a way to, uh, you know... Like, don't forget anything? I should take notes. Like, no, okay, it's not thanks, just that, but it's also I'll do like, that better. To stop the conversation, essentially, to... You know, it, it stopped the momentum of, you know, the story was progressing, and then it stopped. And yeah. only until yeah worked out, it was, well, I was enjoying the conversation. That's all. All right. Well, it continued eventually. Okay. It continued when, for two freaking episodes. When for, people, we talked for three hours, <laughs> I dude. did not get into episode well, honestly, two of that. We, I, yeah, I put up 
uh, what two hour, yeah. one hour episodes, and we talked for three and a half. Nice. So. Okay. I should have cut out that part. Maybe. Well, eh? maybe, maybe. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. Yeah. I think when people send you suggestions for the podcast, yes, I think one of the things that people don't realize, you know, as somebody who produces a show, is that you have limitations. Uh, technically, you have limitations on time. You have limitations on. You know, the guests and their availability. And what if you're going to have a guest? How technically are you going to bring them onto the show? Because for me, I'm, I find that I try to not, you know, if I can't, I don't want to really put people on the phone, at least for long interviews. Right. I agree. I think you can do a short phone interview and it's okay. I think you can do a longer, and I think, you know, the internet solutions, you know, Skype or Zoom, Zoom yeah. or any of those messenger yeah. cam things, I think those sound lousy as usually to my ear. I, I agree, and there's a way, mm-hmm. there's a workaround where they record it and exactly, send it to you, yes. but it's a lot of hassle and, and people don't want to do it. you and I have talked about doing yeah, that. Yeah, and, I, and, I'd much rather be in person. And I think it's, if you can just get in person, it's better. I agree. Um, and then there also are, you know, solutions where... I forget the name of the company where, you know, it's a web browser and two people open up the same web browser. It actually records everything to the cloud and then it sends those. Yeah, I'd rather be in person. Dude, I'd rather be in person. There's ways to do it. But so for me, I feel like, you know, with the pandemic, it's been, well, I'm not going to have anybody over, which is why my girlfriend was on for, you know. I've had three people refuse to be on the show. Sure. Because they don't want to be in person. I won't mention them. But uh, good guys. They'd be very entertaining. And and it's a fine fine position. Yeah. Yeah, There's nothing wrong with that. But in the podcast. You are going to be ten feet away from me, uh-huh, yeah. And you can, yeah. we'll clean the mics, and you, sure. you know, use hand sanitizer, and we'll do all that if you want. Yeah, I mean, you, you try but, to take. You, you know, know, I'm kind of over it, though. Tell you the truth. Well, and that's I fine to it. be over it, but yeah. it's it's also you know, it is still a real consideration. I'm not going to shame people for doing it, and my feeling is I don't want to ask people to come because then I'm asking them to. It puts them in our position of they don't want to say no to me. I mean, in, in my mind. I don't mind, I look I don't mind saying right. no to you. Well, that's fact, why I don't mind asking. After this opening, I'll be saying no. <laughs> yeah, please do. <laughs> um, but when I ask people, I'm asking them, uh, I'm putting them in the position of either saying yes and doing something that they're possibly uncomfortable doing, you know, visiting my home, or I'm, I'm forcing them to say no to me, even though they would say yes because of that position. Yeah. And then maybe people are gung-ho about doing it. And if somebody's so gung-ho about doing this... What else are they doing in their life, which could possibly expose them to coronavirus, yeah. which they then are coming into my house and potentially exposing me? So it's a whole, it's a tough thing. You know what? I think because there's so many lousy podcasts out there that are just kind of off the cuff shows mm-hmm. that people feel free to suggest a different way of doing your show. Yeah, right. I mean, I invite somebody, they say, how about if I show up with me and my two buddies? And I'm like, no, that's not what I'm doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or how about if we do it on Zoom? And I'm like, no, that's not what I'm doing. Exactly. Yeah. And you so want to have some quality control. Yeah. And I say, you know. I care about my audio, yeah. and I want to. Yeah. This is one I, I won't listen to you, and I actually will forget what you said. But I'll have good quality audio. If I turn on That's a show and the audio is bad, yeah, in the first thirty seconds, even it's like like it's a show I've never listened to, but I like the guest. Right. If the audio is bad, I'm usually out. Yeah. Even me if too. I want to hear this person, me too. I'm usually out. Um, here's a little trivia note. I don't know if I told you this or not. After your last performance on the show, for the first time in. Let's call it a better part of a decade. My computer gave me errors that it did not record parts of the show. 
Really? Yes. Can we only hope that that happens in the first 20 <laughs> minutes of this show? No, what it is, and you might see this because you use Audacity to record, correct? Right. Uh, what it told me is that in these sections, the hard drive was full, buffering, you were out of memory. It was one of those. I can't remember what. But it actually showed me the elements where the recording continued, but there was no audio. So there was this giant dropout. That's and crazy. I say giant, I'm talking five seconds. But when you look on your timeline on Audacity, right. anyone's edited audio, right. five seconds of you know no audio, dead air is a killer. You know what? I think you know what would be a good thing so, to have here. I got I got something for well, you. Well, I've got I can I finish? I need to finish this. All right. So what I had to do, and this is what I've done for years and years when it happened to me the first time, I had to use the backup recording. Oh, which is this little old fill. MP3 player. And what I did is I actually found the section that was missing. And Audacity, true to what they said, didn't stop the recording. And so I was able to insert it in perfectly. Now, the difference is that thing records. It sounds different as it records. It's more right. compressed. Even though it sounds yeah, yeah. good, it doesn't sound quite as nice as this. Yeah, it's chopping you know, off the, the top and the bottom Well, or whatever, something. yeah. yeah. So it, but, but I put it in, and I don't think anyone would notice. Unless yeah. I told you. Well, so I was able to rescue it. But you have to remember, when I, when something like that happens, yeah, two hours added to the show, three hours, you know, of the post-production on the show yeah. was added over 10 seconds of audio that wow. was. Wow. So anyway, go ahead, say what you were going to say. I was going to say that the way you interview people, I think you ought to have a five-minute uh, delay on the recording and that they should be issued a button so they can mute parts of the show. <laughs> And they object. You say, have you said something censor. that you don't? Uh, you're I, not. No, but you have. Oh, I have. <laughs> when so I criticize I your conversation, yeah. Well, Kara, if you're listening, I, I will. Kara, uh, she's not. I'm going to listen to it, but she's not. That she, uh, the, how right I was. You know what? He's criticizing how, me for not remembering, and four times he's mispronounced your name, which we oh, discussed. Come and on. We did. We discussed that extensively at you the beginning did. of the show. I don't remember. And what you, you came said. right on here and <laughs> called her Kara. Now you know, isn't that the kettle calling the pot black? Like you forgot. I'm not calling anyone no, black. Well, <laughs> but you forgot her name. We, you listened to a half an hour conversation about her name and called her the wrong name. So I just, called her the wrong just name. saying. Oh yeah, you weren't listening. Oh, I'm you weren't worst. paying attention. I should You're not in the be. same boat with me. Someone come and arrest me. All right. <laughs> po- comedy's back, Ted. Boom, boom. I know. I, I, you know back. what? I'm so happy. Comedy's back. You know, I went out and I've seen a few shows over yeah. the last few weeks. Right. And at you bars, told me you outdoor shows venues. Coming up. Yes, I do. Now I last spoke to you. I don't believe we had this conversation on the air. Yeah. But you were. Retired I comedy. am. I still am. <laughs> I still am. But I, I think I said that exact thing to you. You said, I'm retired from comedy. Uh, and I said, Ted, I've got this money. Would yeah. you come and speak to a microphone? Well, you know what? It's the, you're never really retired. Well, the thing is, I love writing comedy. Mm-hmm. And actually, I've just sold some comedy recently, some stuff I've uh, written for, to people. Okay. and Which is kind of neat. I came up with some premises yeah. and people were interested and i think that's kind of cool but um there's some stuff i want to do but you know what the neat thing about being retired is i don't feel pressured to be funny yeah and so i'm going to try to be more conversational maybe a little bit different style sure and i don't have to do a lot of time yeah you know at one point i'm hosting so i only got to do 10 to 12 And the other shows yeah. that are just little, I'll do seven-minute sets, yeah. good practice, kind of fun, right. easy crowds. So if it's comfortable and it's fun, maybe I'll do a little bit of it. But mm-hmm. I think in order for me to do my podcast, where I 
present myself as being a stand-up comedian talking to stand-up comedians yeah i need to do some of it sure yeah just to say yeah i'm still in the game yeah. i can still relate to what you're talking about and right so i and, and plus i like the people i like being at the well, show sure yeah so you I, know I, I feel like i show up people, to a lot of shows i'm not even in because i like I f- it when i feel like people say they're retired from comedy i go well you know look if you ain't booked you're retired you know, in a sense, like you yeah, can go exactly. do your show. Exactly. Once the once the applause dies down, yeah. and they hand you your check, yeah. If you don't have another date on your yeah. calendar coming up, you are essentially unemployed at that. Yeah, point. right. And that's what's hard about. Well, the that's job. everybody in entertainment, yeah, though. Yeah, that's, that's actors. That's job. everybody. So, uh, and so you know, um, that's why I feel like with people, I'm like, well, you know, you should never quit because what happens if you actually stop doing it is that you stop to. You stop being good at it, right. for one, and then getting back into it gets harder and harder and harder. So you want to be able to at least get on stage a little bit, even if you're saying, I'm retired from gigs, well, maybe go to an open mic, maybe do a guest spot on one of your friend shows or right. something, just to at least keep that muscle working, you know? Yeah. And I think after, you know, this lockdown and now that comedy is back and the, the clubs are reopening... Um, I think that's going to be that way for a lot of people. It's like yeah. they're going to be, you know, it's going to be a little be rough. The comedy that's okay. in November doing their first show in eight months, and it's yeah. going to be like, oh boy, uh, yeah. this could be interesting. And yeah. I know for me, I haven't performed since. God, did I perform in February? Probably at the right. last time. You know, I mean, right. it's been a long time. Well, that's what I said to Mike Green when he said, yeah. "Come out and you know host at stands." Yeah, I yeah. said, "Dude, I haven't done anything since, uh, yeah, you know, December." Right. You know, yeah. since the Christmas shows or whatever. He mm-hmm. said, that's fine. Nobody has. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, you know, it's... He said it's like riding a bike. He it, said, you'll be is. fine. It is, but... And, it's and a, the crowds are ready for comedy. It is a mental exercise. Because I know this from, you know, not doing... You know, when I took some bookings for longer sets, and this is like two years ago, I guess now, when I opened myself up and said, all right, I'll take some gigs. You know, Melissa Hager was doing something. And yeah. I forget who the other one was. Bob Phillips asked me to perform with him and, and feature... And I had to do these 30-minute sets wow. after not doing a 30-minute set in five years, six years, right, whatever it was right. at the time. That was hard. Yeah. I mean, I had to know my st- I had to get a pen and paper out and go, this joke comes first, then this is the next right. joke. Something must go there. Yeah, it was that one. And then still looking back on it and no- noticing I forgot stuff. Now, the audience has no idea that this is happening. No, they don't. But, well, but they don't understand. The what terror is in your own head going... <laughs> I need to remember these jokes, yeah. you know, or I need to get, because I'm going to get to a point where I'm calling back that joke from the beginning. Well, if right. I get in the beginning, I may remember when I get to the callback, but if I haven't done it yet, now do I do that joke that has a callback in it? Well, it's not going to work because I did for any, that goes around around in your head yeah. and you just go, oh my God, what am I doing? Right. And it's hard, you know, well, I was doing, and I also did, you know, leading up to uh, when I was booked open for Roseanne. Yes. Fox. Yes. I went out and did three open mics a week in places where I never would have well, you should. shown my you face. Should. That's fine. So I wanted to be really good for that. Sure. Believe me, had that show happened, if you haven't heard uh, what happened with Roseanne, yeah. believe me, go to the archives. It's considered one of the best shows that I've ever been part of. Uh, I think it's called We Hate Roseanne. Court <laughs> Hall, Dave Landau, and myself. There you go. Talking about Roseanne and what a bitch she is. Which is even more true today than it was. How then. uplifting! Uh, well, look, hey, if you don't like Roseanne, and you shouldn't like Roseanne because it's not good. I don't have an opinion on Roseanne. You know who dumped on Roseanne the other day? I have no. You idea. You wouldn't have no idea why. David Crosby. 
Yeah. The great David Crosby. Yeah. Said know. I was on Roseanne's show. It wasn't fun. I don't like her. Well, he also dumped on... Said I like on... John Goodman, and I, I don't like her. He also dumped on Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> yeah, well, I can tell you yeah. what he said about Eddie. We should talk about Eddie Van Halen uh, yeah. in a second. But, we can... Do we want to talk about Eddie Van Halen? We, we're having hold on, hold on, comedy hold on, hold on, hold on. But We're all over the place. Wasn't uh, David Crosby chosen to be a sperm donor, a sperm donor for somebody? Melissa Etheridge. Was that what it was? Melissa Etheridge. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Why David Crosby did? Because they want a like kid with a good Crosby. mustache. I don't know. They want a uh, very musically talented and, uh, and ah. a cool guy with good pins. Now, look, what he said about Eddie Van Halen. He just did, uh-huh. No, no, like, no. Well, he wasn't a big fan. Eddie Van Halen died. Very yeah. sad. He was a big Van Halen fan. And everybody has to be nice about Eddie and Van Halen. That's the rule. And a fan asked Crosby, because Crosby's very active on Twitter. I follow him. Yeah. And Cros- somebody asked Crosby, what would you think of Eddie Van Halen? They do right. this all the time. What would you think of this guy? What would you think of Hendrix? What would you think of these guys? Yeah. And he gives opinion. So on the day that Eddie died, someone said, what would you think of Eddie Van Halen? And he said, meh. That was exactly what he said. M-E-H. M-E-H. And yep. then they said, how can you say that? And he goes, it just didn't move me. Well, apparently Crosby, because he's in his 70s and whatever, yeah. was unaware that Eddie Van Halen had died. Oh, is that right? Yeah, that's what he said. Now, he was being honest in that he didn't like Van Halen. And I say, if you don't like Van Halen, I, I'm okay with that. I, I don't have a problem with that. But to say, meh, on the day he died is a dick move. But he didn't do it intentionally. Can you say it a month after he died? I think so. All right. Yeah. and, and you know, It's just you, not on the day. If you asked Eddie Van Halen what he thought of Crosby, Stills, and Nash, he'd probably Eddie say Van the Halen same thing. Been like, meh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't, you know, everyone's making Crosby out to be this awful guy. Well, that's and the I go, culture. Look, yeah. It, it, I don't it was in poor shit. taste. If he knew he was dead, it's in poor taste. And of course, he's to do it on that die, but not to do it on that day. Yeah, to do it on that day is in poor taste. Yeah, yeah, if you okay. Ask him I later, agree. I agree say, with that. Yeah. And he says that about lots of people. People say, "What'd you think of?" I, f- I forget some of the bands, but he's very honest. And yeah. he goes, "You know, I I didn't like this act, or I didn't like this person. Uh, they were never, you know, you'll say stuff like, yeah, I never got along with this guy. He wasn't yeah. nice to me, you know.' And he does that, and I think that's refreshing. And plus, he's fucking, he's almost eighty years old. Leave him the fuck alone. Yeah, leave us old people alone. Yeah, we ought to tell everybody to leave the old people alone. Well, I think I think you know who leaves David Crosby alone, Mrs. Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Yeah, yeah. yeah they leave they leave Crosby alone. They don't like him anymore. Oh. But, uh, but yeah, actually, there's a great documentary. I think it's called "Remember My Name." Cameron Crowe, who made Almost Famous and writer yeah. of Fast Times and legendary yeah. film director, made a documentary about him called "Remember My Name" just a couple years ago. Oh. And he talks about that. He says, nobody that I've ever been a musical partner of will even speak to me at this point. That's what he says in, in the documentary. You know, it's kind of weird, though. The more yeah. powerful you get, the less friends you have. Yeah. And in, in any business, not just entertainment, mm-hmm. but if you're in, you're in business and you're the boss or you move up the chain, yeah. you have fewer and fewer friends. You're not one of the boys anymore. That's, well, just the, way, and, that's the nature of things. But it's also, I think, in Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, you got four guys who want to be the boss. Yeah. And I think Crosby, you know, because he said this, and he says in the documentary, he says, you know, they wouldn't put my songs on the records. Yeah. You know? Well, there's a lot of that Especially when you bring Neil in, you know, they do the first record without Neil, and, you know, it was mostly Stephen Stills. I mean, are you a Stephen Stills fan? I'm a fan of all those guys. I think Stills is kind of a punk. I have the Crosby, Stills, and Nash box set right on the shelf behind you. You know, he's wearing the cowboy hat, and he had that whole thing Well, Stills was the best musician of that bunch. Yeah. And he was probably 
the most he wrote the most songs whether or not they were the best songs because Graham Nash wrote a yeah, lot of Yeah but big he was hits. kind of a tough kid he was kind of a street fighter yeah, kid well, they and, all... and well the other guys were kind of hippies laid back mellow yeah, okay. so there's some personality Absolutely. differences yeah. and they're trying to get along because they're all into music it's tough it's all tough right. man we're going to we got to talk It's like about comics that. trying to get along you all know right. what I mean well, they say tough Nice segue. So clubs are back because what happened in the state of Michigan is that the governor uh, repealed, uh, you know, a lot of the, the lockdown restrictions. So comedy clubs. Thank God she wasn't in Wisconsin and she could do that. What, what does that mean? They were going to kidnap her and take her to Wisconsin. Oh, I don't know. Let's not even get into that. That's an idiotic story. <laughs> but anyway, so restrictions on places like bowling alleys, comedy clubs opened up, uh, dine-in restaurants. It was the, restrict, the restrictions were Bowling light. alleys are in the same group as, as comedy, comedy clubs are, yeah. because there's close seating in them? Or? I'm not sure why, but they are. You only can bowl every other lane. I don't know mm, enough it's about it. weird. But anyway, comedy clubs are going to be quarter capacity. That's Quarter. where it gets yeah. That's where it gets really tough, uh, for, uh. especially for the comedy castle. So when you have quarter capacity, where you would have hundreds of people sitting like comedy castle Saturday night, you're going to have a hundred or less. And so, do they have do capacity you... cops that are going around monitoring capacity? That we don't know, but it is. I a don't law. think they do. Well. I mean, I, I was talking to somebody, not anybody at the Comedy Castle, but I was talking to somebody about this exact issue who, you know, works at a place that has capacity restriction. And they said, oh, we're packed the other night. And I said, wait a minute. You've got these capacity restrictions. And he said to me, he said, we'd rather ask for forgiveness than permission. Yeah. Well, y- that's exactly what he said to me. Well, and I said, OK, fair enough. There are fire marshal laws on sure. capacity also, yeah. which are often violated. Yeah. You know, um, and then, you know, as part of that, um, you know, well, one guy I saw in the paper, he was a restaurateur. Oh, it was, was a paper or did somebody just. Tw- anyway, so he was like, this guy's got a packed restaurant every day. And he said something to the effect, I think it was in the paper, he said, I'd rather, I'm making more money paying the fine. Well, there you Meaning, go. That's like Obamacare. I'm going to pack do the I place. Do I want to buy the insurance or do I want to pay the fine? I'm gonna, he he yeah. said, I'm going to pack the place. Yeah. If they find me, I pay the fine, but I'm, I'm not... I'm not going to restrict. Now, you know, he's he's risking public safety, at least according to well, the, the public is risking their own yeah, safety by going in there. That's true. I went into a bar after the show last week and it was packed mm-hmm. yeah. with people at every table. Yeah. I mean, but but shouldn't you but should the audience, whoever is going in, have an expectation that the venue will protect them to some degree? My my response to that. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, but but that's that's why the government sets makes the law. I don't know that it's a law. It is. It actually is it a rule? Is it a law? Uh, it is actually a law now because there it's it was very passed by Michigan. the legislature. The state, the, it was passed by the legislature, I believe, yesterday or two days ago. How was it? Because the Supreme Court took away emergency powers from the governor. Yeah. Then the Congress uh, got together and they passed all of those laws into law, so they can't be overturned. But yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, that's. But I mean, if you're coming to the Comedy Castle, let's say, let me tell you what the Comedy Castle is going to be doing, just so you know. And anyone listening that's considering coming to the Comedy Castle starting November 5th when we reopen, this is the deal when you get there, okay? Uh, the tickets are general admission. You will not be able to pick your own seat anymore, as you used to by going on the website, right. comedycastle.com. We're asking you to buy a ticket in advance. It is a general admission ticket. 
when you show up at the club, you will be greeted by somebody, which could be me or one of my uh, associates. From six feet away. Uh, we will be greeted and taken to a table. Uh, the party limit will be parties of four or less. So you cannot, if you have a party of six, you'll be seated. That's by law. Tables. It's mandated four or less by law. Uh, it is what Comedy Castle is doing. I can't speak to whether or not it's law, but it is what we are doing. Because we had tables more than four well, again, at I'm, the last comedy I'm club. only speaking about what we're doing. Yes. Um, you will not be sitting with strangers. So if you have a party of two and you go to a four-top table, you will have that table to yourself. You will not be oh. joined by two strangers, I which like is that. the way we used to do it. But now, because of COVID restrictions, you have that. Uh, you will be required to wear a mask in the common areas of the club, meaning right. the restrooms, the entryway, walking the bar. In, walking to your walking table. Walking in, walking out. If you get up from your table, put your mask on. Of course, while you're drinking, you can have your mask off if you choose, because you will be far enough away from other people. Uh, we will be serving straws with all of the beverages. So you will get a brand new wrapped straw. Right. When you sit down. So if you're concerned about the glassware right. or something. Somebody touching the glass. Because I, I was talking to Mark Ridley about this issue. Some clubs are going to plastic drinkware. Right. Meaning that every time you get a cup, it's a new cup. But but right. our solution was to give you a straw. And you know what? I, I think they ought to have a mask and just put a horizontal slit right across the middle. Yeah. So you can op- every time you open a mouth, I'm it opens up. sure those exist. <laughs> You can drink through your mask. Um, you can also talk through what it. What else are we doing on that? And, you know, there'll be, like I said, are the you tables take, are spread out. Are you going to take the temperature of people as they come in? I don't know that. They did that at one night stand. I cannot uh, You had to stand in point. front of this little yeah. iPad, and it took I don't your know. temperature. I don't know that answer yeah. to that one. Um, what else can I tell you? Uh, there will not be open mic shows. Add Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle for the foreseeable future because of these restrictions. Are you going to have different microphones for each performer? Uh, I'm not sure we can, but I'm not sure exactly how that's going to work. They did that at stands. I believe that sounds three, like three we mics. will do something to You that use your own mic. Yeah. We yeah. have wireless mics, so we could definitely do that uh, if we needed to. Um, but yeah, and, and when people talk about the open mic, and that's going to be a big deal, I don't believe anyone said that publicly, but I'm telling you, so I'd be open mics. Because what you have to understand, and you'll know because you've done these shows, not only is it comedian sharing a microphone, you are locked into a hallway or the little tiny green room. The back room, yeah. And Tight it's, just not a lot of comedians. it's just not safe to have 10, 12 people back there. Yeah. Uh, so there will not be open mics in Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle for the foreseeable future. Um, what else can I tell you? I think that's about it. We got great acts. We that's got, uh, you know, Who, in November. Who's opening? Who's I'm trying to remember, I don't remember the first thing. You can go to ComedyCastle.com and look this up. I know week two is John Heffron. Right. So the winner of Last Comic Standing from years ago. That's and great. Detroit uh, legend, uh, John Heffron. And uh, Joe DeVito is week three. Who's right. one of my favorite comedians out of New York City. He's hilarious. So come see Joe DeVito. Um, and a lot of local acts opening and that kind of stuff. So, Is it Mark Ridley's intention to yeah. keep the Comedy Castle going for the foreseeable future? Uh, Is that what you're getting? Th- I don't think the Comedy Castle ever would have closed without being yeah. de- mandated well, by yeah, law. But Mark, Mark's but... getting up there in age, and I didn't know if he's looking for well, a it's, way to it's, you know... work himself out of it. And with this going on, it makes logical well, sense. Look, he might I can't, consider I can't... segueing into some other owner. My, or something. I think my feeling is that, and I don't know this from anything. I'm saying just yeah. 
my impression of things with all businesses in America right now is, you know, whatever a business might have been worth, it's not worth that anymore. Yeah. So even if you were thinking of, hey, I'll sell this to somebody, what's it worth? And the answer is for a public space that holds, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people, but can only hold a quarter of that because of, you know, it's not worth much. Well, the way they generally value businesses is they look at their earnings and their earnings after taxes. I think it's called EBITDA or something like that is the abbreviation for it. But it's all based on how much Mm-hmm. money you bring in on average over the last five years, mm-hmm. and then they project that out uh, depending on the type of business well, that, that you can sell it for, th- say, two or three or five times. Sure, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Those yeah, earnings. but five times earnings. Yeah, well, that's it depends the, on the business. But that's what I've always heard yeah. is the, the well, yeah, five times yeah, earnings. Yeah, but it's not going to be that yeah. in, in that industry. Well, Every industry varies on okay. what that multiplier is. I, here's what but, I... But hang on. But the key thing is... The business has to survive without you there. Mm-hmm. If Mark Ridley is the only one that can book those acts, and if Mark Ridley is the only reason people are coming in, his business becomes less valuable. Well, when you look at the whatever the the gross earnings after you know after taxes and all that, right? The club was closed for eight months. That's two thirds of a year, right? So where where are you? You know, I mean, I mean, then the value of your business is essentially well. Been no, they'll take that cut, into consideration well, when, they, saying, when they do the math. Saying, the accountants you know, do. That. I had this done. The to uncertainty. My business, so, so when you ask me, would Mark really sell the club and retire? I think the answer at this point is no, because he would have to sell it for, in theory, a third of what it's worth. Well, no, and he's well, not going to do that. In the, theory, the, the, the key to that was the last part. In that, is it worth something if Mark isn't there? If I buy the club, can I book the club? The same comedians that well, Mark was booking. That's the key to the business. To, to somebody, their answer is yes. Of course, the answer is yes. You think? I'm just saying, well, well then... You then, think I can call up Kath, Kathleen Madigan and say, Kathleen, uh-huh. you know, Mark's gone. Uh-huh. Will you come to his show this year? Uh-huh. And I'm going to have the same pull that Mark has? I don't know. I think not. I mean, the reason Kathleen Madigan comes to the Comedy Castle is because she's getting paid money. So if you have money... Then I would imagine she would come to. Yeah, I've heard somebody say that she's only coming there because of Mark. Uh, you know, I, I've heard. Listen, I, don't know I know that. True, I know Kathleen very buddies. well. They're buddies. That is an anecdote. I'm not saying that's not true. Right. But that should not be. You can't extrapolate that to an entire well, industry still, of entertainment. It's still an example. Nah, if I am on there, it's Tim, not. Tim Allen's not coming out to hang out. I with mean, you. you know what I mean. You know, you know. So I think there is a change when you change ownership. Well, I mean, that Mark Ridley is part and parcel to the value of that company well let, let's say jerry seinfeld buys the comedy club yeah but you know what i mean like you could say well this person has this well i mean everybody's got their friends who may be yeah, doing them a favor seinfeld has no reason but, but the, the point club. is my, the point is that that's irrelevant to the business no if the business can if it stops making money okay the comedy buys it. the comedy business exists because entertainers Go to venues and get paid money. The comedy business is not a business of, you're my friend, I'm going to come do a favor and go to your comedy club. There's a reason why Mark does all the booking. I, there is. Yeah, because he's the one that controls the money. The, my, the, the point is, your premise is flawed in that <laughs> the reason Mark really books the books, he books the acts he acts is because of who he is. That's false. Oh, uh, okay. Well, then show business would have shut down 100 years ago. Okay. When everybody died. I mean, at well, some point, new Let's people agree come to disagree. In. I say it's new less valuable without Mark there. Now, that's fine. That's you know? fine. You're wrong, but that's your opinion. 
not the case. But I could get. I could no, have. That, that's fine. Of, of one of two Ted, people in this room, Ted, one of which Ted, has owned a business, Ted. one hasn't. I'm sure you're right. Okay. And I sure could I'm have wrong. any comedian in the world. You name him. Let's use him as an example. What comedian are we speaking about? Ted, go. Chris Rock. Chris Rock will appear at name a place in the world. This could be a comedy venue. This could be a field. This could be a. Jo- Tell me what place you would like. We're going to play Mad Libs here. Name a place in the world. Just name a place in the Mark world. Mark Ridley's Comedy Mark, Castle. Okay, Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle. Yeah. Chris Rock, blank, Chris Rock, second blank, will perform at second blank, Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle, and then there's a third blank. You know what the third blank is? For this much money. Amount of money. Yeah. So to say that you need a person to make this person go here or go there is flawed. Well, I so think that's the way show business works. Well, people show up at this thing. This person shows up at this thing for this amount of money. I think that's how show business. I, works. Well, I it's think, not it's not down to. I think with top end performers, yeah. there's more to it than that because yeah. they have a choice whether they want to come or not. And some of that has to do with relationships. It, it, some of that does have to yeah. do with relationships. And, and, and but at the it's end of the, the day, end. It's, it's, at the end of the day, that's irrelevant. It's 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 not irrelevant in an anecdotal level, an individual level. You're okay, well, let me, Madigan, let me ask. Let but me, in a generality, it doesn't okay, really matter. Okay, so why don't you open a comedy club mm-hmm. in Royal Oak mm-hmm. and not call it Mark Ridley's? Mm-hmm. Call it Joel's Comedy House. Well, I won't be doing that. No, no, no. Why not? <laughs> and, and you can book it just like Mark books oh, yeah, yeah. and compete with Mark Ridley. Sure. That would be difficult because he's mm-hmm. established. Sure. He's known. Yeah. He has relationships. He does. He has pull. He does. People know they're going to show up, get paid. You're, you're, they know the venue. That's all fine. All that they yeah. don't have with you, dude. Yeah. That's no. that's the difference. Well, I'm. You're starting from ground zero. But is that. Re- okay. That's Joel. Does okay, that make it Ted's? No, 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 no. Let's talk about anybody in the universe. Anybody in the universe. Any person alive in the universe can open that club. It doesn't have to be me. And they're going to start at the bottom. Yeah. Well, what if you're... I'm saying that Mark Ridley's Mm. name and placement there brings value to that club. And I'm saying if if he leaves... What if your name is Bud Friedman? What if your name is Richard Branson? Dude, I went, to the, I went to the is... same thing when I sold my business. The question is, <laughs> what is the value of my business if Ted is not there? Sure. You know, will it operate the same? Right. I had relationships with the managers of 60 different manufacturers mm-hmm. based on my word and what I told them sure. I would do and what would happen yeah. with their business. And if I left, right. some of that goes away. Well, it's a different business. But to say, but, but I mean, like... There are still industrial lighting businesses today that have nothing to do with you, correct? Yeah. I mean, there they, they are. They exist in the world. Yeah. Then how does your premise possibly work? I'm saying that when you build a business, yeah. part of the business of making your business valuable is being able to not be there and have right. it still operate at a high level. That makes it more valuable to the right. purchaser. If your We're presence... We're theoretical business models. Let's bring it back to comedy. <laughs> I, I mean, now look, I'm not saying you're wrong. I was wondering if he's going out of business. Uh, well, what's the value? There's a you know? big picture. He doesn't own know. the building. It, not, it, it's all in the want, name. We it's, could get Mark on the show and ask him yeah, sometimes. Yeah, all in the name. What? I'm not sitting there counting anybody else's money. Yeah. I mean, being closed for eight months sucks. I know how much the rent is on that building that we lease 
to have the club there. Right. And it's very expensive. And when you yeah. have no revenue coming in and you have to pay that plus insurance, I mean, it's unbelievable. So, I mean, yeah, any the business, the, the cost, you know, the value of those types of businesses, any public space, restaurants. Yeah, right. Terrible. And that's why people are closing them. You know, I think when you look about restaurants going out of business, uh, which let's just look at that industry as sure. a thing. Um, you know, they're going out of business. Well, why don't people buy said business is the reason it's just cheaper to let them go out of business. Let's say you've got a restaurant in a space, Ted's Diner. Right. Ted's Diner can't make it through. You had to be closed for months. Ted's Diner. Now, I could buy Ted's Diner. I, I want Open Joel's Bistro. Sure. I'm going to Open Joel's Bistro. Right. Do I go to Ted and say, Ted, I want to buy Ted's Diner, but I'm going to make it Joel's Bistro. Well, I'm going to give you money to make you go away so I can have it, or am I going to well, let what, you go away, the question, talk to the landlord of Ted's Diner, and then just open Joel's Bistro? That's what's happening. No, but what, these, you're, you're losing the goodwill. No, it's you're fine. Losing reput- no, well, you're no, losing look. customers. Customers are coming there because they like, you know. But these places that are... Ted's Diner. Ted's Diner. They like that. If Ted's Diner, I've been is, there for twenty years. Ted's Diner is a popular place. <laughs> yes, but, but it, if they can't change the name, the they go, well, "Yeah, we aren't going there." Well, no, it's Joel's that's all Beast. fine and good. Well, you got to start from the bottom. I'm saying there's something to goodwill, reputation, uh, uh, and Mark has value. You are the fact he's there. He has. I'm value. not saying you're wrong, but well, it also doesn't 22. mean like. It's a question. Anybody can open anything anywhere, and people will come if they want to come. Or people won't come that, if they don't want to come. It's not that simple. You got, well, you, you got to build a business, dude. Yes, but people make a decision to go to a place. I'm going to buy your podcast. You can buy it. I'm Yeah, right. Uh, it's it, literally, I'll sell it to you right now. <laughs> make me an I, I let you. Just, he's I'm got gonna, his credit card I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I can. I, I can I'll figure out a way I'm to take your credit card. buy this just come to on. take this episode down. <laughs> Believe me, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put, right. it, I'm gonna put it on eBay, and you'd be surprised how many bids for people that want to shut this down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll argue All about right. anything. All right, you're the best. Oh, thank that's you. That's why I love much. you. I'll so anyway, that's what Comedy Castle's doing. Yeah, but part of reopening is that we've got comedy classes back. Yeah. So Bill Bouchard is going to be doing his beginner comedy class, and I will be uh, restarting up the advanced comedy class. And here's the details you on should, that. You should call it Joel's advanced comedy class. <laughs> Let's call it Ted's advanced comedy class. <laughs> Let's See, do that. The thing about it is... Uh, <laughs> uh, the advanced comedy class starts again on Saturday, November 7th at 12.30 p.m. Uh, if you'd like to take it, you can actually message me either on uh, Facebook. You can send me an email to joelthecomic at gmail.com and let me know that you want to take the advanced comedy class. Uh, I do ask if you want to take the advanced comedy class that you've either completed Bill Bouchard's beginner comedy class or that you've had enough experience on stage. I would say a year solid of doing shows and having the ability to stand on stage for seven minutes uh, (laughs) and tell jokes comfortably and and do reasonably well. I would say those are the restrictions. Um, For anyone, if not, you should take the beginner class with Bill. Um, but otherwise, it's completely open. Um, now, when in February, I'd started my last class, February 29th. Wow. And the club was closed, I believe, March 15th. So you 16th. stopped in the middle of that. So I only did about three weeks. So what's happening with that is that um, rather than trying to continue that class after eight months of not doing it, is I'm just starting back from the beginning of the class. And letting those people come to the new class. If those people want to come to the new class, and I've contacted some of them, and some of them contacted me, they can take the class for no money 
and just come. You know uh, what? As much as I hate so, to say this, yeah. I'm a big fan of the advanced comedy class. Yeah, thank you. I actually took it twice. You did. You know what? I, and people ask me about that because some people uh-huh. are not a fan. Um, but I don't know where else you can go yeah. and have somebody talk for two and a half hours yeah. about stand-up comedy mm-hmm. and the business side of stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. Not that they have a lot of business acumen or know anything about business, but they talk two and a half hours about <laughs> I business. I think I understand the business of comedy, and I broke it down for people. No, actually. A will play at C for this much money. That's comedy. I, why am I giving away the advanced no, no, comedy Exactly, for That's free. I, I do a three-hour lecture about you A, know, we'll play at B for this amount of money. I have recommended a lot of people yeah. take your class, because mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of really good information. I actually took it twice, yeah. because I tend to forget things, mm-hmm. as we've already covered in this yeah. episode. Yeah. <laughs> so I took your class twice. Yeah. And actually, I suggested somebody that had been doing comedy for decades mm-hmm. come and take your class. Oh, okay. They were making some basic... Mistakes. I'm gonna write in, and I, 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 hate I to was do not this. gonna, I, I was not gonna, I was, not, no. I was no, I was no, I need a yes or no, I need a yes or no, and I said, I got a name, and, and I really offended that person, and I felt I'm really bad about. Down a name. <laughs> I'm writing it nice and large. <laughs> People can hear the sharpie. Yes, I'm pretty sure I got this. You know what? I felt so bad, but I was trying to be helpful. <laughs> You ready? So I, yeah, I can put my glasses I'm on. Not, and, and maybe it's because we've had this discussion before. Have we? Have we? Have. have I told I you I this? I nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was completely correct. Yeah. Yeah. And well, you know what? You want to know what? I was trying to be nice, and I didn't realize, and I thought, well, th- th- rather than me critique somebody, yeah, yeah, yeah. because that's rude, mm-hmm. I thought I'd let you, because well, you don't seem to mind critiquing people. This, well, if you're paying me to critique, I'll critique. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, that's the difference between your class and yeah. Bill's class. Yeah. Bill was like, yeah. build you up, you can do this. And yeah. you were like, no, that sucks, yeah, don't well, say that. That is that is a philosophical thing that Bill and I have had discussions about. Yeah. And we think that we've separated that enough to no, I think his class and my class I think to that's where good. I think it works. But as far as this person that I wrote their name down, yeah. being completely 100% honest... I would actually love to have that person in the class. I think they have a lot because of potential. I think, exactly. I think that person has, I don't want to give percentages, but let's say that person has 70% of what it's going to take to succeed. I agree. I agree, and, but there's, and some, some, there's basic some stuff missing, fundamental things. And I think we get that I know. in. I, know. I mean, you want to know a guy, and boy, I just saw this the other day, about uh, our friend Ron, Ron Rigby. Yeah, I was just and talking Ron, to him today. Ron, uh... You know, I, I guess he won that contest at One Night Stands where he's headlining the club. He is? Yeah, he won a contest. I didn't to know headline that. the club. I didn't know that. So he will be headlining that club. Oh, I didn't know I that. I believe in November at some point. I was just Now, ta- let me tell you about Ron. Yeah. How I met Ron Rigby. He was in the advanced class with me. Well, he was, but I met him long before that. Oh. Here's how I met Ron Rigby. Ron Rigby was a friend or a student. There was a guy, and I don't think he does it anymore. He taught... Stand-up comedy, a class right that you could pay money for, right? And I guess in theory earn credit at Macomb Community oh, College. Oh yeah, I think Ron a large. This. I actually went to Macomb Community College for a while. Yeah. Macomb County, Michigan, big can't got two big campuses over there, right? And they have a stand-up comedy elective class that you could take, or it might even be a speech credit or some right. communications credit. Yeah, but anyway. Yeah. Um, so he would do his show. Now, here's the thing. The guy who taught the class, I wish I could remember his name, but I can't, had never performed stand-up comedy in his life. 
You're kidding me. I think he was like an English professor who just liked comedy. And he was teaching stand-up comedy? And he was comedy? teaching stand-up comedy. How would he fucking He was know? teaching it How on... How would he have any clue? Well, let me, let me explain. He was doing this on the campus of Macomb Community College. Okay. And getting paid... And getting paid to do that Professor's salary you know, to teach something maybe he knows he's nothing about. professor or part-time, whatever, yeah, but, but he's still there. getting paid okay. big bucks. So this guy... What the deal that he made with the Comedy Castle is that he would bring his students to do sort of, you know, their graduation right. show, their right, final, right, right, right. would be a performance at the Comedy Castle. And they'd bring all their friends and family, and of course, Comedy Castle's only tickets, so... Sure. And people are showing up. You know, people show up when you say, I'm performing comedy for the first time. Right. People want to come see it. Yeah. So, we, you know, we'd be selling hundreds of tickets to these shows. These people would come into the class, and they literally had never spoken into a microphone. After, I mean, they never, never completing, completing, his after class. completing a comedy class because they would be standing up in the classroom and just trying to tell jokes. And, oh, my God. You know, jokes terrible. So basically, the way I went, Matt Ron, was that. Hold on. Were the people funny? No, but let me explain why. Well, they didn't have any training. So some people were naturally funny, but yeah. they had no technique. Yeah. You know, they had they did not know. They did not seem like stand up comedians. Right. Obviously. But the way I met Ron was that this guy would bring in Ron to be the MC. Oh, because I don't know if Ron, Ron could actually do some comedy. I guess like Ron had either taken his class or he I, knew I Ron. Think he, I think he was uh, 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 doing those group. What are the group improv? I think okay, he was maybe improv. Yeah, he well, had Ron, improv. Experience. Ron also did not know how to do stand up comedy. <laughs> so the only constant of these things, and he must have done this like while I'm working at the club. He probably and he did it for years and years. I haven't seen him in forever, but um, let's say he did this for five years. Oh my say. god. So, I and saw, he's doing it twice a year. Well, yeah, at least, yeah, something like that. And I would see Ron, you know, every six months, I'd see this Ron Rigby fella come and host. All right. He was so bad. Really? He was truly awful. Oh, right. But I looked at Ron and said, if someone told him how to do stand-up comedy, he'd be good. Yes. Yes. And so when I when Ron, I think I spoke to him at one point, or maybe he took Bill's class first, and I said, man, I remember you from all these, and he goes, yeah, and you know, we'd known each other. Right. But, you know, one thing is, like, I was not, like, encouraging him to hang around the Comedy Castle, because he wasn't good. Right. Uh, but I was like, man, and then when he wanted to learn, he worked with Bill, I believe, and then he worked with me. Sure. And he picked up the fundamentals of what's like to be a good stamp comedian, and Ron got really good really fast. Yes. Now he's excellent. Yes. And so, but that was an example of it. That's how I met Ron. Yeah. That, well, yeah. You know, well, actually, Ron was over that big hurdle of being on stage mm-hmm. and talking to a mic, yeah. standing up in front of people, and for most people... That's the yeah, biggest sure, yeah, obstacle, yeah, 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 yeah. to get over the fear yeah, and absolutely. be able to actually talk into Mike comfortably. Yeah. And so, and that only comes from doing it, by the way. Yes. That, I mean, right, as right, much as right. you want to prepare, right. that standing on stage right. and being, you know, it only really comes from that. Right, from, but it doesn't have it. to just come from doing stand-up. Like, I did 30 years of presentations, oh, sure. yeah, 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 yeah. and so I had no problem walking out and holding yeah, yeah, the mic yeah. and talking to people. Yeah. It's yep. just... You know, I, I've yet to learn how to be funny. Well, That's anybody that does sales, present, you know. Yeah. Kara, Kara. Does presentations at work? Cara like that's Cara. Cara, Cara. That's what we're calling her from here on out. Did she have TV experience in college? I'm trying to. Uh, think. You know what? I can't remember. <laughs> but I know that's part of her job because I talked to her about it in a class. Yeah. Well, no, up in no, and she's good at it. One yeah. of my very best students uh, was a guy named Greg. 
and why Greg was so natural as a speaker is that he's an elementary school principal. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so Greg is yeah. probably on the intercom every day. Yeah. And he's addressing and the And he's going to make a joke. And he's used to and people he's listening. Corny and he's kind of corny Yeah. And, and Greg was a great, natural performer on stage. You know, I, I'm not sure what... Tim Finkel, who's a school teacher. Yeah. Same Another thing. great, natural, yeah, speaker. charismatic Tim's speaker. really smart, too. Yeah. 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 Too, but do, you remember, he, do you remember when we met, when I first took your class? Yeah. <sighs> Not exactly. You know, I took Bill's class, and I was bugging okay. Bill almost on a weekly yeah. basis, sending him notes. Because the nice thing Bill does is after the 101 class, mm-hmm. he says, look, if you have a problem or you have a question, send it over. Yeah. And he's really good at saying, yeah, that's good, or no, that's good, or try this. You know, he'll help you a little bit. Yeah. And I kept saying, you got to have an advanced class, dude. you got to have a – I need somebody to tell me what not to do. And I knew that because you had substituted in for yes. Bill's yeah, one yeah, of Bill's yeah, class, yeah, yeah. and I was doing some jokes – and you stopped me and said, uh, I don't know if I'd do that. Okay. I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I had a street joke that I kind of yeah. had put in there. It was something about, uh, God, what was the street joke? Oh, uh, you're going to have to cut this part out. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. she's working at the college television yeah, station. Exactly. Let's start from there. <laughs> and <laughs> oh, uh, Something about uh, back when... Men were men and sheep were nervous. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I used that line. Sure, yes. And you said, no, nah, Ted, you can't use well, that Well, Scotland is the land where men are men and the sheep are nervous. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, I, that's and I heard that years and, ago yeah, yeah, and I yeah, thought yeah, it was yeah, funny yeah. and I just, I had it in there that's and he said, no, you, my you can't do it. Yeah, because I've heard that told. Well, yeah. here's the thing about teaching class that's interesting is I give people advice like that. Now, you would think you've signed up for a class with me as a professor. Right. And I give you the advice. Right. You'd be surprised how many people don't, don't take listen. that advice I mean, and just keep use on. the joke. <laughs> well, I didn't. Yeah. Well, some, and, and the argument always comes down to is that we'll get a laugh. Yeah. And my argument to them is that the person that's looking at you, potentially wanting to hire you, have you work at their club, right. be their opening act doesn't want a guy doing street jokes in front of him. Right. And that and so it hurts your career right. because you're a hack. Yeah. Now it doesn't mean you're not going to get a laugh with that line. Right. It's just if it's a line that's been heard by people, you will be looked at as somebody who's not original. Right. And if you're not original, you're going to have a harder time getting work. But yeah. it's not impossible to get work if you're not yeah, original. Yeah, but that's the rule of comedy. You, aren't, yeah, yeah. T- you aren't supposed to tell other people's exactly. jokes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I was at a restaurant the other day with Ron Rigby. Oh my goodness. And the waitress came up and did a lead-in to one of my jokes that I had told him about, and he did the punchline. Oh. I'm like, dude, that's my joke. You can't be doing my joke in front of me. He goes, oh, I forgot I got that from you. Yeah. He said, I knew I heard it someplace. We're he's, all sponges. He said, you for, didn't do it fast yeah. enough. I said, that's bullshit, dude. It's all about timing. I was going to come back with it, but in which, any case. Which is why, and I, I, I recommend, that comedians, once they're established, not talking about when you're starting out, but when you're established and you're doing your own thing, is to try to not watch the comedy specials. Right. Try to not go to shows. I mean, look, you're going to be in comedy clubs where people are doing comedy. You're going to be opening for people. Watch them, but don't get hung up on trying to watch. I watched the last Bill Burr special, and I'm going to try to do right. it. Because it, it, it's... You end up sounding like those people in a way right. that is not good uh, to develop your own voice. Well, sometimes it hurts to know too much comedy also. When I was uh, 
touring around the country with Billy Reno, and I would come up with a premise. Yeah. And I'd go, oh, man, it'd be really funny to do this, and I'd give him the basic idea that I just thought of. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding you. Every time, I swear Billy has watched every comedian in the world. he go, yeah. oh, you know who does a bit like that? Yeah, and he, yeah, does, yeah, yeah, and he yeah. tells me all the yeah. best possible yeah. jokes to that premise. And I'm like, dude, you are not helping me. Mm-hmm. You're telling me the best jokes that I cannot yeah. tell now, and my premise is shot. I was talking to somebody that played in a band, and this was a touring band that was on the road. I think they were from... I'm not even going to bore you with the names, but this is like in the 90s. I'm talking to a band who I believe was from Texas. Right. One of the members of the band, I was talking to them, and I said, oh, have you seen this other band that I was a fan of? Did you see what they're doing? Right. And this, and they said to me, I said... No, we don't listen to other bands. Yeah. Because we don't want to be accused of ripping anyone. Well, they else. don't want to be influenced by it. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I said, oh, that's an interesting take. No, but, it is. Know, it I, is. I, I, Once I, you get it far it enough make, along. And, yeah. and, you know, that does apply to comedy, I think. I think it's, yeah. It's, you know I mean? And, again, I've told this story lots of times, but, you know, and I think everybody has their guy. You know, my guy was Robert Schimmel. I was, when I got started in comedy, I was like, I'm going to do Robert Schimmel's style. I'm not going to steal his jokes, but... That right. is who I want to be. A lot and of people end do up that. doing that. And when you find your own voice, you realize, oh, I don't sound like Robert Schimmel at all. Right. But it's your own thing that works for you. Because being Robert Schimmel, one, doesn't work because I'm not Robert Schimmel. Right. And then the other thing is that, you know, people responded more to the stuff that was me right. than the stuff that was him. You know what? You've said that over and over, and yeah. I think that's probably true. But to tell you the truth, I never had a guy. Yeah, I really know. I'm, I'm in, I, I don't know why. Well... I never had a guy. In in the case of Robert Schimmel for me is, I was a fan, you know, as a kid and as a teenager of everybody. Yeah. You know, Carlin, Cosby, you know, I'm thinking, you know, who was bigger when I was a kid, you know, Buddy Hackett, uh, you know, Robin Williams, Bobcat Goldthwait, all these guys. Sure. But it was Schimmel who was the guy when I heard him was like, I can do that. Yeah. He resonated with you. He was the guy that yeah, made me want to be a attitude. comedian. It wasn't yeah. that he was my favorite comedian of all time, but he was at that point the guy that made me like, I should do this. Yeah. Because I could do this. I will right. be good doing this style. Right. Uh, it just, he was that, the thing that pushed me into doing it from being a fan into doing well, it. Well, that, that makes sense. He, and I think most he people more do your have style. that guy. Yeah, kind of your yeah. attitude. Your, and, I uh, have people that say that I should do Carlin type stuff. Okay. Because yeah. I have kind of that attitude. Yeah. I don't think I do, right. but people f- tell me that. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Um, but I think I think most people have that. All right. Uh, so, again, the right. comedy class happening November 7th. Again, contact me on Facebook. You can contact me via email at joelthecomic. Do I have to wear a mask com. in your class? Um, we are going to do the same rules as if it were a comedy show. So, uh, Spread out. Spread out. Take them off once you sit. I'm going to say this. One student per seat. Per table. Okay, when you get up to perform, because yes. you do perform, yes. are you going to have everybody have bring their own foam mic cover? I'm trying to decide how to handle that. I think if everybody has their own foam cover, and you walk up and you that, cover the that's mic. That's a possibility. Yeah. Another possibility is to do the classroom exercises with no microphone. Yeah. Meaning they could hold... A pen in their hand and do it. I mean, I I, think I feel like I feel like I'm I think like, Mike is well, we'll good. figure that out. I do own microphones. I was talking to foam covers cost next to nothing. I was talking to the man yesterday and, and give them a yeah, two dollar foam microphone cover. Um, or people could buy their own. I could sell them one, and that could be theirs. Well, but we're gonna have sanitizing wipes. You, and that you're gonna sell them a two dollar foam microphone. I could do cover. that. Yes, dude, include it. We'll we'll see if that's in the budget. Fuck. <laughs> 
I don't know. I don't. I'm talking out of my ass. I don't know. What I'm yeah. About. But anyway, um, yeah. So the comedy class, November seventh. It'll run six weeks, and uh, we'll have a little graduation shirt right, right before. Uh, I'm signing up right before Christmas. On I can't wait. 3rd, so nice. Um, yeah. For so my I'm first excited critique. for that. And if you want to sign up, you can sign up, Ted. And yeah. Anybody else can sign up. If you you'd never get anything done with me in the class. No. <laughs> It's like, kind of like this podcast. All right. So let's talk about some shows. Shall All right. We? Yes. Show, 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 shows. Watching lots of these. I'm not working. I'm sitting at home all day, all Watching night. TV. Watching TV. I usually only watch these kind of shows. It's funny. People ask me this. I watch these kind of shows with my girlfriend, and usually not when I'm by myself. Because when I'm by myself, I'm more inclined to watch YouTube. And I'm watching guys review guitars. Right. Or that kind of stuff. Yep. Uh, or I'm watching like rock documentaries. Which right. I don't necessarily review all of those on the show because right. some of them, who cares? Or they're old or whatever it is. Um, so these generally shows, when I talk about shows, movies, it's like my girlfriend comes home, we're relaxing in the evening. What are we watching? And I try to pick shows that I think she will like. Have you, have you gone to the point where you've taken my suggestion about how many napping Layla's each show? Merits. Well, how fast she falls asleep during the show. There are certainly shows <laughs> that she's fallen asleep that's a during. Three, that's a three napping Layla show. Uh, but I think what we've got today is a pretty good list of stuff, including I think the first two shows are half hour comedies. And I think these are the best comedies of the year, at least two of them, in my opinion. Let's start with uh, the first one here that I believe you've watched. It's on the old Amazon Prime service, and it's called The Goes Wrong Show. Let me explain what The Goes Wrong Show is for anyone that doesn't know. Uh, the Goes Wrong Show is basically a series of fake plays. They introduce them as the, this is the play of the week, and they're all different stories. They're usually the same core cast members in each of these little half-hour plays. And essentially, they do a show, the show goes wrong. In fact, they did a show on, uh, in the West End, the English equivalent of Broadway in London, uh, called The Show That Goes Wrong. And they kind of got famous for that. And then they were able to create this television show. Basically, everything that can go wrong does go wrong. It's really slapstick. It reminds me of, like, Monty Python in a way. It reminds me of, like, Airplane or something like that in a way. I find these shows outrageously funny. Uh, there's only six of them. They're half hours. Real easy to watch. Um, really, really talented cast, I think. Uh, maybe, like, you know, when you think about, like, an SNL-type cast, I think you're, you're talking about, you know, that level of, you know, men and women uh, performers uh, doing these just outrageous plays. One of them takes place at a spooky old house. You know, the car breaks down. We got to spend the night in this creepy old Yeah, house. I saw that There's one. one that takes place. It's a legal case, and somebody's on trial, and it all takes place on trial. There's one that is sort of a southern gothic, Roma, like a Tennessee Williams kind of thing. Uh, there's one that is a World War II story of espionage. Uh, there's a Christmas story. They're just really funny, different situations, and it's completely outrageous. Uh, I recommended this show to Bill Hildebrandt. He was asking me, because he always says, you know, you tell me a good thing to watch. He wrote me back that this is one of the greatest things he's ever seen. I agree. I think it's outrageous. I think it's hilarious. I re and I know they're making more of them. Uh, so I think it originally aired on one of, I don't know if it was the BBC, but one of the British stations. But you can get it on Amazon Prime here in the good old US of A. The Goes Wrong Show. Please watch. 
Ted, you watched. Yes, I did. And you say? Horrible. Oh, my God. One of the worst shows I've ever Based, seen. Are you out this of is, your mind? Now, hold on. I let you talk. Okay. <laughs> You're out of your mind. This is Monty Python. I'm going to let you talk, but you are out of your mind. The floor is yours. I know. You are right, we are about right to in. hear from a crazy it, person named Ted Moss. Please it's go already ahead, two to one because you brought it up, Bill. We have a mental patient who's <laughs> about to speak. His name is Ted Moss. Ted, please speak. This is Monty Python, 30 years later, B-side. This is the practice round. It's British humor, which I like, yes. but it's terribly poorly done. It's all about fails, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's entertaining to watch fails. And the reason fails are entertaining is because somebody is surprised yeah. that they failed. The expectation of the audience or the expectation of the people participating is upset. It's a misdirection. That's where the comedy comes from. This, they introduce the show as everything goes wrong. The audience expects everything to go wrong. Mm -hmm. Then the actors come up, and when things go wrong, they pretend to be surprised that things went wrong. And the things that went wrong are just stupid. (laughs) They open up a door. Oh, I can't go out the door I I opened up. How stupid. Oh, I said my line at the wrong time. How stupid. And they even introduce what they're going to do wrong. Like this show didn't go long enough. So we've added extra adjectives in the dialogue. At the beginning, the director comes out and tells you the technical flaws that they had in rehearsal. It's all part of the game. No, I think if if you're a 12 year old boy, you're going (laughs) to laugh hysterically. If you have a more mature sense of humor, you're going to go, this is just stupid. Well, look, this is one of the most critically lauded shows of the year. And Am I lauding it? You're, no, <laughs> you're doing the opposite of, you are unlauding it. <laughs> it's de-lauded. Laud or laud. Do you not, not watch this it. show. If you no, watch it's, a show, br- it's a brilliant television t- show. Turn it off in five minutes. It's a br- watch it episodes, enough to go. How many episodes did you watch of the, the Goes Two. Wrong show? One and a half. One, as much watched, as I could stand. You watched the, 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 the spooky house one, and then... Yeah, where the watch? guy was... Did you watch the World he War II get, one? He, he couldn't get his automatic seat go up and down the steps. Yes. And then when he got off it, he couldn't exit because he had to try four right. different doors well, they, to this. exit. Hang on. Yeah, this is, this is just stupid <laughs> shit. There's nothing... It's not... And you know what? And the girl's trying to make the show longer by describing the house as a, a lovely, big, blue, wonderful night with all these you know adjectives. It's stupid. It's well, just, it's ignorant, and nobody is surprised when things go wrong because they're supposed to. Well, but they're trying to. They they don't stop the show. They continue the show, so they're doing it's the rehearsed. show as all of these things are going. It's wrong. rehearsed as everything goes wrong. It's a play. It's terrible. It's a play. The play that is. Yeah, but it's. You know what? If you're giving a real play and things go wrong, yeah. that would be hilarious. Well, the show must go on. You know, the only. But way, it is. It is. No, the way you do you this. You have to suspend disbelief. It, no, the way you do this is you have a crew of people that are going to do things wrong. Then you bring in some legit actors that don't know no, they're going to do things wrong. That's a different show. And then those people are that's surprised, and they're no, that's hilarious. It's just, okay. It's this the is surprised act, look. It's actors playing actors. As actors it, pretending, actors to, be pretending to be surprised when things go wrong. Acting. Oh, my gosh. Another le- See, I can't go out there. You don't door? get that extra level. <laughs> that's, that, that you don't get the extra level. Yeah, yeah I don't get place. the whole show. You don't get it, and I think you should watch more of it because I think you would get it. I hated it. Oh, I, I I'm sorry you hated it. it. I even like Monty Python. Well, look, I'm not a huge Monty Python fan, and I'm certainly not a Saturday Night Live No, you fan. give me a guy but, that's skipping around with a guy with co- banging coconuts behind him. I I'll watch know. that for now. I thought this was tremendous. 
It's horrible. I think the goes wrong. The Charlie, acting got great was reviews. poor. They're the, making the more. Concepts go the, ca- wrong. the cast is hilarious. It's terrible. The big guy, the guy that owns the house. Yeah. Uh, as that show goes, like he's Santa Claus in the Santa one. That guy's I forget his name. That guy is unbelievably talented. I hope they make feature films with him as the star. Because ca- I would pay money to watch that. What is his talent? It's certainly it's he's not acting. He's just a funny guy. He's a hilarious oh, comedic actor. It's terrible. This is a this is a hugely talented. He group ought to of take people. your comedy class. I believe, all of them. I believe their troupe is called Mischief Theater. Yeah, so. should be misguided theater. Well, these people listen, are doing something that's listen. worthless. I don't know who bought the show. As the guy who's who willing to produce the comedy us. class. <laughs> I would know what's funny and what's not, as opposed to the guy who took my comedy. Class. I am Joe America. Honest, I am really Joe America. He really you wasn't are, that you're great too in deep. the comedy class. <laughs> I mean, Bill Bouchard said I should just make him feel good because that's what he does in his class. So that's pretty much what I did to Ted. Kara. So when you're listening to Kara. The, oh, did you? I'm sorry. What were we talking about, Ted? Next I, show. The Goes Wrong Show is a brilliant show, and you should watch it. Wrong. Not you, but the people wrong. listening. I feel like I've turned into Trump. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> You're just and wrong. he doesn't know what he's talking about I, either. We'll, well get to him uh, in a minute. All right. We'll get to him in a minute. He's here's wrong. another show that is one of the great shows of the year. Maybe again, one you can watch. Well, here's the thing about this one. Yeah. I love this show. It's on Apple TV Plus. Oh. Which means a lot of people won't be able to see it. I won't. Yeah, and that's why I told Thank you. Thank God. I told you not to. <laughs> I told you not to watch this one, even though I think you'd like this if yeah. you saw it. Uh, it's called Ted Lasso, and it stars Jason Sudeikis. Speaking of Saturday Night Live, there you go. alumnus. Uh, the premise here is that he is uh, an American Division II football coach. Oh, okay. And he goes viral because he did these goofy locker room. Dances and celebrations with his team. I've seen ads for this. Yeah. And so basically what happens is there's a woman uh, in England who owns a Premier League football team, a soccer team. Okay. So she owns this Premier League soccer team. And uh, because she got it in a divorce from her very wealthy husband. So she has taken over. But he, she knows that the most important thing to this ex of hers was this football team. It was his pride and joy. And so she decides, I'm going to destroy this Premier League football team. And so what does she do? She fires the coach, and she hires this goofy, backwoods, Kansas State University Division II football coach named Ted Lasso to come coach soccer. Played by who? Jason Sudeikis. Okay. So Jason Sudeikis plays it like he kind of talks like this. He's from Kansas. Okay. And he, I'm, I'm a football coach, doggone it. And he's very <laughs> earnest, very small town. And he has to go to London, and he becomes the coach of a soccer team. And he's never coached soccer before. And the idea from the owner is, we're going to lose. Right. She wants to lose. So she brings in Ted. But the coach wants to win. Well, he doesn't know. He, he wants to win, but how's he going to win? And then he shows up in the locker room and has all these English soccer players looking at him like, who the fuck is this guy? So basically, you have the fish out of water story, which is always funny. You have the underdog story, which how is this team going to possibly win soccer games? Sounds good. And it has those things, but it actually has a lot more to it. The supporting cast is excellent in this. I wish I knew who they were. Uh, A lot of them are English actors that I didn't really recognize. Uh, there's a girl named Juno Temple who I've seen and stuff. She was on Vinyl, which was on HBO. Uh, but she's really good. And uh, it's great. It's really one of the best shows of the year. I think they did uh, 10 of these or something. Sounds Half great. Half hours. It just came out. It just finished its run. Sounds great. On Apple TV Plus. So 
Ted Lasso, one of the best shows of the year. Heartwarming, uh, makes you feel good, really likable cast. Because when I watched the first episode, I was like, watching Sudeikis do a, doing a, you know, a hillbilly accent is going to get real old real quick. And that's why the rest of the cast makes it so good, is you start to get invested in them as you meet them. And it's really it's it's just so well done. I can't say enough good things about. Do they Ted Lasso use a lot of adjectives? There's a lot of Ted doesn't understand what the English <laughs> word is, and yeah, there's lots of adjectives, and there's lots of you know, and you have you know the 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 the, the hot shot player who doesn't want to come to practice. You know, you have that. You have the the veteran who's on his way out. And he's real kind of gruff and Ted has to win him over and just a lot of great stories. And, of course, the owner who hired Ted to come in and lose all these games ends up, you know, taking a shine to Ted. It's it's great. It's really a wonderful show. Apple TV. Apple TV Plus is where you get your Ted Lasso. I think there's 10 of those. Uh, I also recommended to you. Now, this show has been off the air for years, but they did three seasons. Also on Amazon Prime, Red Oaks. Red Oaks. Did you watch any Red Oaks? A story about a young man? That I did. Young man who uh, wants to be a filmmaker. I believe he's about 19, 20 years old. His goal is to be a filmmaker. It takes place in 1986, I believe, is when it starts, or 85, maybe 85. Right. Um, but his summer job is working as an assistant tennis pro at the Red Oaks Country Club and dealing with the high society at the country club, including this asshole who wa- a rich asshole who wants tennis instruction, played by Paul Reiser. He just wants to play tennis. He just wants he to- doesn't want any input. He doesn't want any input. He's, he's no a complete good. asshole. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, so it's kind of the coming-of-age story. Uh, there's three seasons of it. I thought, uh, again, as it went on, it got really, really wonderful. Great supporting cast. I mean, Richard Kind. His, his mother is Jennifer Grey, speaking of the 80s, right? I like Jennifer Grey. Jennifer Grey. I like her old nose, though, but yeah. that's just me. But I uh, do like Jennifer Richard Grey. Richard Kine's barely in the first episode, but he's in a lot more. Jennifer Grey hasn't done anything for 20 well, years. Well, and that's why, and she's good in this. And yeah, Paul she's Reiser's very good. Great. Yeah, yeah. The young cast, the guys you really don't know, are all really good, really likable. Um, and they did three seasons of it, and it was terrific. It's so. kind of caddyshacky. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. that up. Upscale well, club and odd things happening at the club that behind the scenes. College party vibe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Real but world. no, no, I thought it was very well done. Yeah, yeah. Three. Yeah. So you should watch that. I yeah. think you would get that because one, you understand the eighties. I was there. You were there. I was there too. <laughs> He's well. He. You is, were a toddler in the eighties, well, weren't this, you? This character you were very short. This character would be about five years older than I was. Yeah. So I was like, while well, he's in college, I was kind of in. Yeah, and they got hot school. girls. Yeah, and he's interested in hot girls. Lots of guys and... smoking pot and stuff. Yeah, it's great. Can relate to it. Right, Red Oaks is really funny. Yeah, um, I thought it was good. David Gordon Green was one of the guys who created this, who uh, did a lot of the Danny McBride movies. If you know Danny McBride. Uh, you know, Eastbound and Down and uh, those shows, the Vice Principals, Righteous Gemstones, those shows, and also movies like Pineapple Express, I believe he directed right. as well. well. So he was the guy who did this. And a lot of the episodes were directed by two uh, kind of legendary comedy people, Hal Hartley and, uh, oh, the lady that directed Fast Times at Ridgemont High, I'm forgetting her name. Yeah. I but she's great. It. She directed a lot of the episodes, too. So The production value is high, too. It, oh, looks, yeah, it yeah. looks really good. It it's looks a like a movie. Show. It you looks should like watch a movie. More it's, it's, it's done well. Yeah. You should watch more of that. I'm I recommending will. that to you. It's I a great will. show. Uh, let's move on here. So that's um, one movie I'm right about. What's or one, that? one show Red that Oaks I'm correct Red Oaks is about. great, yeah. I'm correct on that one. It ended in 2017. It's been out there a while. All right. I feel like I'm being tested. Like, okay. Um... 
you weren't watching the boys. We talked about it before it ended. It was fine. Um, I, me and my girlfriend both said this show was funnier the first season. This is sort of the superhero show that's kind of a parody of superheroes. Yeah. It's like superheroes gone bad. It's like, called The Boys. It's called The Boys. I think The Boys is the team that wants to kill all the superheroes. Oh, no. I saw one very similar recently called The Boys in the Band. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a different story. That is a different story. But The Boys season two was all right. I know a lot of people are talking about that. It was on Prime. I watched a show called The Wilderness of Air on Hulu. True crime uh, documentary. True. You know, they always say that. I don't know how true these crimes are. Well, Every time me, I watch Fargo, it's like, this, this is true. I'm well, like, yeah, the is Fargo really is notorious for starting that way because that's yeah. what the movie did. Of course, nothing in Fargo is true, yeah. either in the movie or the show, but they present it that way. Um, I know. I don't even think Chris Rock ever lived up there. I what the hell? I haven't seen any of the new Fargo. But, yeah, it's uh, not as good as the other That's what people are saying, but yeah, I haven't not seen. Not quite as good. I, I mean, it, seen they're all good. They're all quirky. I think it's Cohen. Isn't the Cohen brothers? Yeah, so it's all good, interesting, but not as as good. They have a couple really cool, quirky characters, mm-hmm. but the focus goes away from them. Uh, but back to Wilderness of Arrow. This is a true crime story. You might remember this crime because it happened years and years ago. Uh, the Jeffrey McDonald murders. So this is a guy who's a military captain and a doctor, and he was on the base. And um, his claim is that a hippie cult came into his house, not unlike the Manson family, uh, and murdered his wife and two children. And uh, he was tried, and uh, he was acquitted, and then he was tried again in a federal court and found guilty. And, On a lesser crime? And this all happened in 1970. No, he was found guilty of murder in, in federal uh, prison. Um, I don't remember that. I didn't watch a lot of TV in uh, 1970. Do you remember? Well, but it was also turned into the... Um, the TV ministry's fatal vision in the 1980s. Yeah, I don't remember that. Uh, but anyway, it was a very famous case. And this guy, Errol Morris, who's a documentary filmmaker, has made a lot of really great movies. He thought that this Jeffrey McDonald guy got a raw deal. He's innocent. Yeah. So he reopens this investigation into the case. And as you go along, you start to, you know, because they have a woman who claims she was in the house that night, who fits the description that Jeffrey McDonald gave. So the doubt is, did the hippies invade the house or did Jeffrey McDonald kill his family and then try to make it look like a hippie cult killed his right. family? And I believe it's about four episodes, and uh, it's really good. It's a great story. I mean, I remember when, that, when the Fatal Vision uh, miniseries came out in the 80s, I watched that and then read the book called Fatal Vision uh, that that thing was based on. So I've known about this story for 30 years myself. Even though it happened before I was born. You know, I should know about this because I was old enough to know. I was like yeah, 18 years yeah. old. But well, I, I have four years where I didn't watch TV at all. Okay. So that was in my non-TV well, it years is, from it like is, 1970 to 74. I didn't watch any TV. It was considered the trial of the century before OJ. The Jeffrey McDonald trial. God, I never, yeah, it was national news. And you see all the news clips. It's yeah. really interesting because it goes to, you know, the nature of truth and the nature of... You know, the people that want to believe Jeffrey McDonald is innocent, why do they believe that? How much of this is his innate charisma and believability when he speaks on it? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a very interesting case. And, um, you know, I thought the journey that Errol Morris goes on through this, even though Errol Morris didn't direct this. I forget the name of the guy who directed it. But Errol Morris had written a book that this is based on. So he is kind of in their narrating the thing and uh it's great it's on hulu it's it's only four episodes but uh i thought that was real good a wilderness of air also speaking about documentaries on uh kind of television series challenger the final flight 
on Netflix. I didn't watch that, but That's I was cool. thinking about That's it. Cool. Well, yeah, is it know, a, is it a conspiracy? Is it one of well, the ones that says that, that these people are still alive? <laughs> kind of thing, because that's out there. Well, this is a very you know. Here's what it does: is it presents the explosion of the Challenger, uh, which was in eighty five, eighty six. Yeah, remember. something like that. Yeah. Um, but it presents that as a true crime story, meaning what happened and who was responsible for the Challenger blowing up and killing all of the astronauts. And it sort of presents but it that But does it way. present it as if the astronauts really got blown up? Yes, the astronauts are really blown up. Okay. That is never in doubt. In the, in the documentary? In the documentary, yes. yes. Okay. There, is no, there is no... There is doubt on the internet. Well, this is not the internet. Yeah. This is a series on Netflix. Yeah. Okay. Made by good filmmakers. So it does not... Doesn't mean it's factual. I'm going. I mean, I'm going you with know, alive. I, I, I'm going yeah, with yeah, yeah, alive. yeah. They're fucking alive. They yeah, are. They're alive. Yeah, they're alive. Exactly. <laughs> Living with Elvis. Anyway, they all died, and uh, very sad because uh, Krista McAuliffe, who was a school teacher, yeah, was going to be the first, first civilian. Female. Yeah, and, and one of the things that the documentary covers is um, how did she get chosen to be the first civilian in space? And it's kind of controversial in a sense because what it was was that America was losing interest in the space program. Because the space shuttle launches had been so, you know, ro- they were so frequent and yeah. there was really no buzz around And it. if we go out and kill a teacher, well, we're going to get everybody's the attention. The idea was if we have a civilian, it will make more people interested. It's the same premise that the Simpsons ultimately used when they sent Homer <laughs> to space. That's the premise. They're like, we need to send a real person into space because yeah. they're bored. Um, and it's just ironic that she ended up on this one where, you know, it exploded and failed. Um but a lot of investigation into, you know, the people that manufactured it. Well, it comes down to the company uh, that manufactured the solid rocket boosters. Yeah. That's the part that failed. Yeah. was the O-ring on the solid rocket booster. Yes. And they talked to all of these people that I've worked for that this. company. Yes. And a lot of them knew. What? They knew that these things eventually would fail. They knew it was a matter of time until one of these that. failed. I can't believe it. Well, that. that's why the documentary is so good. And, uh, says, you can't believe it, but no. there's so many moving parts of, you know, and, and then you find out, you know, also, you know, I guess it's a minor spoiler, but what happened to those when the government finds why the spatial exploded? What was the punishment for those who failed, who were responsible for the failures? And that's very interesting. I don't want to say what happened to them. That, that the almost seems impossible, Joel. You know, I worked on the nuclear power plants that they were mm-hmm. building in Michigan yes. while that was going on. Okay. And in that case, yeah. they quadruple checked everything. Mm-hmm. Not only did they check the stuff when they received the stuff, yeah. but as they installed the stuff, mm-hmm. one person just watched the other person yeah. install the stuff. Yep. Then another team came over to re- inspect it later. I mean, they inspected sure. it. Con- and I, I got to believe that NASA was doing the same thing. They were. There had That's to be inspection the and inspection they and inspection. That. Yeah. Well, you, one example of this is they have a meeting where somebody raises this thing. And this is, the space shuttle is set to launch at 7 a.m. Saturday morning or whatever it was. Okay, All right, they're ready to go. Friday night at midnight, there is a conference call. Remember, this is the 80s, so they're all huddled around a speakerphone. Right. And some of these people are in Cape Canaveral, and some of these people are at this, I think in Utah, where they built these rockets. Yes. And they're having this conversation. And those who thought there was a good chance of an O-ring failure said to the people in NASA who made made the decision just hours before the flight, 
They told them, there is a risk these things are exploding. And they said, what is the percentage of the risk? And they tell them, and NASA said, we fly. What was the percentage? I don't know. You have to watch the show. But NASA, knowing the risk, took the risk. So you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I mean, people knew that there was a risk. NASA was made aware of it, and NASA chose to fly. Well, And, and it, it's going to upset you, and it's going to upset people, and people should be upset. And people were upset, and there was a con- congressional investigation about what happened to the challenge. It's all in the documentary. But see, I, I don't believe anybody was on it. That's fine. So it makes a lot easier on me. You don't have to. Yeah. I don't you have to worry about those people. Want. Live in your own fucking crazy <laughs> world if you want. <laughs> Once again, I'm wrong. Well, anything else? I, I love being on this well, show. Well, watch the Challenger show. It's good. You'll like it. <laughs> yeah. It's right. a historical, you know, it's a historical documentary with a little bit of a mystery in there. A little yeah. bit of, uh, you know, who done it. Yeah. Well, you know, I watched the one uh, recently on the head of the mafia in Chicago. Okay. That allegedly, um, his daughter's on it, that allegedly killed uh, Marilyn Monroe. Okay, I don't know anything about that. But. Oh, it's a really good documentary. Okay, yeah. yeah, tells the whole backside of uh, why Kennedy's got killed and why yeah. Maryland got killed and how they were involved with a mobster well, what, in where Chicago. Is this, where do you see this show? Uh, on my TV. Yeah, but I mean, is that <laughs> something people subscribe I, you know, to? Or is this... No, no, it's either Netflix or Hulu. Okay, so it's one of those. Or, no, or Amazon Prime. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, it's, it's named after the nickname of the mafia person out of okay. Chicago yeah. that... that Led this okay, but I'll I'll send that to you. See so you know. okay, but yeah, I think all of those were good. And then if not, we'll move on to movies. If you got a uh, little bit of time, where we're at here. Yeah, we got thirty minutes left. Oh God! So here's a movie. <laughs> My girlfriend says to me the other day, she goes, uh, "I want to watch. I'm, I don't want to watch a show. I want to watch a movie, and I want something light, and I watch something. I want something funny." And I said to her, I said, you know what? This could be the night for us to watch. And you go, what's that? And I go, because you said you never saw it. And I went out and got a copy of it. I said, you've never seen Airplane. Oh, that's a great show. Now, imagine my girlfriend. Never seen who it. Who was not born when Airplane came out. Yeah. Was yeah. not born. Was yeah. not born. Yeah. And had never seen it. Yeah. And to my knowledge, because I said, well, it's kind of like the Naked Gun movies. I've never yeah. seen those. This is the conversation oh. we're having. Oh. So I'm like, boy, you are going to be coming to airplane raw, completely out of context. Yeah, I have no you know, idea. Forty years after it's come out, because it came out in 1980. Well, I think we all did. Wasn't that the first well, of one of a kind when it but, came but out? It was, but was you have to remember, one? you might have gotten references because you were alive then. Yes. that she's not going to get. So I did not know how airplane was going to go over with my girlfriend. Yes, and I said, well, you like the goes wrong show, right? I said, it's kind of got a little bit of that it's i said yeah. in a way i said it's it's slapstick and dry at the same time yeah that's kind of how i described airplane to her yeah and uh so we sit down and and i'm, I'm like airplanes on the tv and i'm staring at her i'm not even looking at this yeah screen. right right, right. So i'm like is she gonna laugh yeah when in the opening shot the airplane fin is going through the clouds and the jaws music is playing and yeah, yeah is that yeah. gonna make her laugh yes you know the quarreling couple doing the announcements about the red zone is for loading and unloading. Right, 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 right. This, and then they start fighting over the intercom. Is she going to laugh at that? Is she going to laugh when the guy punches out the Hare Krishna at the airport? And I'm watching, and believe me, some of these did not land with her. Really? But after a while, she was cracking up. Yeah, well, yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it's a classic. Yeah, yeah. It is a it's classic. It's a classic, yeah. I didn't know how it would fly with you know somebody who simply wasn't alive. I mean, I saw Airplane in the movie theater when I was eight years old. Yeah, I'll bet Believe you did. Believe me, I, I did not get the joke about, you know, when the pilots, I think it's Peter Graves, 
and he's in the airport and he's looking at magazines and he there's all the skin magazines. Right, right. And underneath it says whacking material. You know, exactly. It says like news, sports, whacking material exactly. on the magazine rack. Well, it's kind of like a follow-up to Blazing Saddles. A little bit, It was yeah. kind of in that elf. Well, those guys yeah, who yeah. made Kentucky Fried Movie. Yes, exactly. Which uh, had come out a few yeah. years before. Um, and I only saw Kentucky Fried Movie only in the last 10 years or something. Oh, okay. Um, one thing about Airplane, though, having seen it within the last eight days or I have not seen them in a I saw it back when it first came out. You probably. could not make that movie today. Let me tell you that. Oh, really? There are it's things in that movie which are not politically correct. Yeah. <laughs> including, of course, when the kid goes into the cockpit. Oh, when yeah. When the kid goes into the cockpit, oh, yeah. Peter Graves is oh, yeah. essentially yes. a pedophile. Yes. I mean, based upon the lay. Oh, yeah. Hey, Joey, ever hang around the gymnasium? Exactly. Ever seen, the YMCA? Yeah. You ever seen a grown man naked? Yeah. This is this little eight-year-old boy, you yeah. know? Um, so I, you could not do that today. Is that still funny, though? I thought it was great. It, I thought, I still think are it's you, Are you at all sad that you can't do that anymore? A little bit, because it's Because so, it's all tongue-in-cheek. It's all tongue-in-cheek. No yeah, one's getting not, hurt. Nobody's, you know. Or when, when remember, the, the, there's the, uh, the, a little girl that's dressed like a businesswoman. And yeah, she's sitting in her, her seat. And then there's a little boy that's dressed as a businessman. And he sees her get on the plane. So it's basically like they're parodying, like, yeah. you know, hookup culture on airplanes. Yeah, in the yeah, 70s, yeah. Right. You know? So there's an empty seat next to her. And the boy sits down. And he's got his coffee. And he's like, okay. Coffee. Yeah. And, and he hands her a cup of coffee. And he says, cream, sugar. And she goes, no, I take it black like my men. I mean, oh. this is a seven-year-old Oh, girl. God. Oh, God. Who could do? I oh, mean, God. how did they get away with that? Oh, that's crazy. It's unbelievable. And then, of course, there's the two guys that talk jive, and they put captions at the bottom yeah. of the screen. You really could. Well, the do same that with today. Mel Brooks in, in, yeah. in Blazing yeah, Saddles, yeah, 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 yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, I have the um, the record hair. Okay, yeah. and I loved hair when it first yeah. came out. But there's songs on there that you could not, you yeah. can't sing yeah. anymore. Yeah, just crazy stuff. Yeah, it was all. <laughs> Appropriate for well, the time, it was, you know, but it was always making fun of yeah, putting it was, down that yeah. stuff. It was never promoting. And, and that airplanes culture. the thing that makes fun of everybody. Yeah, you know, from the doctor to you know Leslie Nielsen's the doctor, and yeah, you know the pilots and all of that stuff. And you know, if you haven't seen Airplane, wasn't Priscilla Presley in that too? She was not. Priscilla Presley, I believe, was in the Naked Gun movies. Was she? Oh, okay, yeah, she was not in Airplane. Okay, and Airplane Two was made by a whole different group of people because that was a rights thing. That uh, I guess it was a money thing. They wanted to, to make Airplane 2. And the guys, the Abraham, the Zucker brothers and Jim Abraham, didn't want to make it. So they just gave it to somebody else. And he kind of, they kind of just, you know, it's interesting. And when I was looking this up, the same guy that made Airplane 2 for Paramount was the same guy that made Grease 2 for Paramount. Really? Yeah. He was just, they got this hack that would yeah. do, do anything well, they horrible. wanted to do. That was horrible. Grease 2 was horrible. And there, I, you know, Airplane 2, I'd have to see again. Well, it's actually, been years Grease years. was horrible compared to the stage play. Well, that they really modified it from the stage play. I think the they Grease, really GP'd it up. Well, it was a lot more risque when it was well, on Broadway. I, I, I guess. But I thought, I think Grease, and I've watched Grease in the last six months. I think Grease holds up. Yeah. Yeah. Grease holds up. It's good. Yeah. But a lot of it goes over your head if you don't know what the references are. Um, Young kids wouldn't know. Pregnancy kind of stuff, right? Is that what's in it? Well, it's like uh, they used to use cellophane for condoms back in the 50s. Yeah. And that's why they're wrapping up the car. They're singing about their car. Oh, yeah. Grease lightning. Grease lightning. That's what grease lightning means. Is it dick? 
It, grease lightning was really when you took cellophane and used it for a condom <laughs> back in the 50s. Okay. That was grease lightning. All right. Yeah, yeah. So, and you know, in the movie, they're wrapping the car. Okay, yeah. And, he, and John I Travoli never thought of that. Even wrap, you know, yeah. puts it on his front while he's dancing. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole it's bunch a real, of references. It's a real pussy wagon, grease lightning. Yeah. That's the lyric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a real pussy yeah, well, wagon. Yeah, yeah. And little kids are sitting in. I was in the theater watching yeah. Grease. Seven years old. It's a you pussy know, wagon. I hate to mention this, but one of the, the one of the credits that Mark Bonto has okay. is a Mark movie. Mark Bonto, if you don't know who he is, he's a comedian from the... Yeah, he runs shows in Flint. Lots Flint, of fun Bay, shows. Uh, Bay yeah, yeah, City, yeah. Saginaw area. Okay. Right. He has a credit, and it's a, it's a comedy about an airport where he plays the janitor, and there's a lot of sexual references in it, Okay, and it's all really blue humor really low-budget stuff. I, I actually, before he came in to do my show, I was looking up his credits and okay. stuff to find out. And I, I got to see some clips. Yeah, I'll show it to you okay. after the show. It's interesting. Um, so, yeah, Airplane was great, and my yeah. girlfriend loved it. Yes. Now I have to decide, do we move on and watch Airplane 2, uh, Top Secret, uh, police squad, the I'd naked show, gun, I'd do, or do we just stop with no, airplane? And no, do naked gun. Do naked gun. Yeah, so you, she, I should yeah. do police squad first. Well, she like naked naked gun because the of Charlie squad, Sheen. Police squad. No, but he was he did hot shots. Hot. That's right. Yeah, hot Who shots. Who did naked gun? Same guys, but I think one one Zucker brother went this way, one went another oh, way. So you had was that it? hot shots, top secret. Uh, naked Gun, you know they were all. Has she of, seen Blazing Saddles? I don't believe so. You should show her. Well, Blazing we could watch Saddles. Blazing Saddles too. If she, I assume she's I, not I easily of, offended. I don't. I feel like the Mel Brooks stuff is based in an older style of comedy that she wouldn't get. And I feel like Zucker where the Brothers black sheriff comes to town. Yeah. I mean, it's, I well they, because it's based on westerns, and if you don't get. Yeah. If you don't get it where a Western is, I don't know that Blazing Saddles works oh. in the same way. Because I, I, think, I think the Mel Brooks stuff is, to, to a younger person, I think right. it's a little too sophisticated. Right. Have you, know, ever, dumb, have mean, you gone back way? to watch any old classic Westerns like with John Wayne and those Well, things? I watched them all in college because well, I went to film school. You know what? I went back and watched them recently and yeah. they were terrible. Well, just horrible. What are you horrible looking for? Horrible acting. It was just horrible acting, horrible plots, unbelievable. Well, it was just like, I mean, I even liked, I, I think I went and- uh, You have to watch the right ones, because yeah, I think that's the, the thing, is that- Just that old Westerns, Westerns were B-movies. They were not A-movies, meaning they were not okay, the well, best, but, but then you have things like The Searchers right. and Red River- and, you know, sort of these, you know, Stagecoach with John Wayne, you know, some of these movies that are all time classics. Marilyn Monroe on a raft. Yeah. But some of these movies are just considered, you know, you know, we didn't really have television when these things were made or yeah. at least modern television where people are telling stories. You know, it was like, you know, shows. It was like, yeah. you know, variety shows. One step up from yeah. radio shows. So yeah. basically, you know, you had to have this entertainment for children and all audiences and you know, westerns were this genre that they could just crank out, and so a lot of westerns are bad. Yeah. But then you have you know Sergio Leone's you know trilogy, you know, yeah, uh, you know Fistful of Dollars, and right? You mentioned made Once Upon a Time in the West, Hang 'em, one high of the greatest movies high. ever made. Yeah, some of them are good, some of them are garbage, and it's just Shane is one of the all time great westerns. Right. You have to watch the right one. I went back and watched. I liked Maureen O'Hara, and I watched her with John Wayne in the thing where he goes to Ireland. I can't even remember. 
of names. Yeah, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. and it was horrible. Yeah. I thought, God, that's sad because I really liked it. Yeah. The first movie, the first movie I ever saw Mm -hmm. that actually grabbed my heart. I mean, I actually wanted to cry at the end of this movie was Bird of Paradise. And I watched Bird of Paradise back in the 1950s. I watched the 1940 version. I don't know if which, which, what that is. And it, well, it's a, it's a movie about a, a guy who goes to college in the States, and his uh, best buddy is a guy that's from Hawaii. He's an actual Hawaiian, or maybe, maybe it's not Hawaii, but it's some native island. And so after college, he goes back with his friend to this, these islands. I got a 1951 movie and a that, 1930s movie. Yeah, They're probably the same. Story. Yeah, they are. They are. They are. Uh, one had a beautiful female actress in it, and the whole story kind of Lewis revo- Jordan, Deborah Paget, and Jeff Chandler. Yeah, the, that's it. The whole story revolves around the guy from the states falling in love with the princess mm-hmm. of the tribe, and him having to take on the cultural things of the tribe. Oh, okay. In order, so it's a guy becoming native to, in order to. But at the end of the movie. On the island they are, they're on, the volcano erupts. Okay. And the oldest daughter of the king has to be thrown into the volcano oh. to appease the gods. Yes. And so she walks up and jumps into the volcano. End of movie. Okay. But that's all. You've always heard about somebody jumping into the movie to appease the gods, right? Mm. That's where it comes from. It comes from that story. And Who I, jumps into the volcano? The princess. Okay, but I mean, yeah, there's the Joe daughter. versus the volcano. That, yeah, but that's a that's a that's what I'm saying. But that's, that's a takeoff on this. Yeah, 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 yeah that's a takeoff. Yeah, yeah. But in any case, she was beautiful, and you're just rooting for her. You were sad, and <laughs> she yeah. jumped into the and volcano. The witch, the witch doctor is against the guy and trying to put a curse on him, and there's all this stuff going on. But he finally gets to marry her, and they move into this hut together. Next thing you know, the volcano's erupting. And he's like, he's like, oh, that's a bitch. Little does he know, his bride. Has to jump into the volcano, oh. and she was beautiful. And I was like, I was just at that age. I was just oh. like twelve years old, where I was just starting to become interested in and girls. You thought she was really dead. And, oh, she was, she was so pretty, and I was. You know, I'm falling in love with this girl watching the movie, right? And then she freaking jumped into the volcano. Whoa. I was sad. Let me tell you what I used to think about movies. Now, man, you're, we're talking a five year old Joel. Okay. Five years old. This is yes. how I used to think the now, wait, hold on. What year are you five-year-old? Uh, five? 76, 77. Okay. All right. All right. I'm with so, you. So I used to think that when you went to the movie theater, that what would happen was they would take people... <laughs> you would go to the theater, and then people would leave the audience... And walk behind the screen. Oh, Because usually act. there was like a door that went out. Yeah, like yeah, an exit, yeah, yeah. That you would front. go behind the screen, and then magically you were on the screen. Wow. Like, I used to think that the movie people were all people that were like in the theater with you. Right. And I remember asking my mom, I said, well, why can't I be one of the people that gets to be on the screen? Right. And then she had to explain it to me. Like, I thought it was more like a play. (laughs) I was just a dumb little kid. I don't know. But, I mean, it kind of makes sense if you think about it. Yes. If you don't understand how a projector works and all that stuff, you would think like, oh, these people are just on the other side. I remember going to my first movie. It was uh, 
I believe it was Swiss Family Robinson or one of the Disney mm-hmm. shows. And I can't remember which one it was. Yeah. But I remember the very first time I ever went to the theater, and I was like you, I was like five years old, went down to either the Palace or the Capitol, downtown Flint, mm-hmm. beautiful old theaters. And I said, I don't get what this is. Yeah. And my parents explained, they said, is, you're going to be watching like a great big cartoon. Okay. It's like cartoon on a great big screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I thought, oh, okay, I, cartoon. Yeah. So it probably was a Disney. It was probably, you know... Yeah, it could have been one of those. One yeah, of those, yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah, that's how they explained it to me. Yeah, so. yeah but it was, it was like, you know... A spe- I was that special naive treat, as a little kid. Yeah, like, very special the treat. The magic the of movies worked on me. <laughs> yeah. And eventually, I became the guy on the screen, thank goodness. Yes. Yes. And you're still talking about movies. I am. You became I obsessed with movies. I went to college, and I got a degree in movies. In movies, I know. In that's movies. crazy. And then I was... Who does that? Just, uh, me, because I know. I'm, a, I'm a maniac. Yeah, movie maniac. Movie maniac. So let's talk about the movie. Okay. Because I have one movie left to review. Okay. And I, I billboarded this earlier in the show where I said, the most important movie of the year. And I think one of the best ones. This is a documentary. Uh, I saw in, in, this movie uh, opened on Wednesday for uh, screening. It, did, it was not in the theater. So it went straight to pay-per-view. It debuts on Hulu this coming up Wednesday, October 20th. All right. That's when you can watch this on Hulu. It's a documentary called Totally Under Control by a director called Alex Gibney. Do you know who Alex Gibney is? I do not. He is one of What the, has he done? Well, he made and I'm trying to get the names of the actual documentaries, but you'll know you'll know it when I say he made the movie, the Scientology documentary that oh, was yeah. on HBO. He made the movie about Theranos. Uh, do you know who that is? The the lady who said you can... Yes. Who kind of defrauded everybody right, with that right. thing and had the weird voice. Um, yeah, Alex, give me. Let me try to get some of the stuff that he directed here because there's too many good ones. Uh, yeah, he directed uh, The Inventor, Out for Blood in Silicon Valley, which is, again, the one about Theranos. And uh, he also directed, uh, we directed uh, Sinatra All or Nothing, which was on HBO, Steve Jobs, The Man in the Machine, which I've seen, and of course the, uh, the famous one uh, about Scientology was called Going Clear, Scientology and the Prison of Belief from 2015. Right. Anyway. So he's good. He's very good. And this movie, totally under control, is about America's response to the pandemic. Oh. In particular, the White House's response, response to the pandemic in America. Right. And how does that compare to responses in other countries, in particularly South Korea, where he goes in-depth to how uh, South Korea handled the pandemic and the success that they had in stopping the spread? It is not. It is completely, 100% without question, an indictment of our government and the Trump administration. I don't think people should watch this as this is anti-Trump. Uh, it's certainly not pro-Trump, but I don't believe it was made with the intention of being anti-Trump. It's trying to say, what did we do and when did we do it? And what could we have done differently to prevent the spread? And it turns out there was a lot of stuff we did wrong. And it's all laid out in the movie. Um, it's not accusing, you know, it's not a documentary where they're accusing anybody of creating coronavirus for political gain. Uh, It's not any of that. It's just looking at what did people know and when did they know it 
and how did they respond and in what ways did they respond that were incorrect and it turns out there's lots and lots and lots of failures all down the line it sounds like an inconvenient truth yeah like a it's bit. a documentary that has an agenda well it has a point I, of view it's going to try and prove you its should point. not watch it as a documentary with an agenda because that's not what it is instead now, you, you could take it that way, and that's a movie that somebody could make, but that's not this movie. This movie is talking to the people who are in the positions of making decisions about, you know, uh, America's pandemic response. Uh, and these people were, you know, officials from the CDC, officials from the White House, and various people all down the line, various doctors, and looking at what went wrong. Well, do they say they what the wrong? response sure. should have been? Well... One of the big failures was a lack of testing in, in the early days. We're talking February. But testing doesn't cure anything. No, but testing makes aware of where is this virus. Yeah. We were not aware that the virus was in the United States beyond, I believe in the movie they talk about 40 people before March the 12th. The belief that the White House was publicly espousing, so the Trump administration is saying there are 40 confirmed cases in the United States. Now, of course, there were thousands and thousands and thousands of people that had the coronavirus, but we did not know that they had it because they weren't tested. So in March, when testing was actually opened up by the federal government, you see our cases spiked into the tens of, you know, hundreds of thousands. But it's going to do that regardless of what well, you do anyhow. The it point is, test the point is everybody, our, our response, and that will happen eventually anyhow. The documentary and the people in the say that our response was too late. Uh, too late? For, if they did it earlier, it they doesn't... They politicized health care. They politicized health care. They, they took the power away from the CDC to determine the testing and made it under the guise of the White House and the FDA, which they shouldn't do. Basically, the politicians took control of this versus it's it's there's so many failures and it's not just, you know, a lot of people failed. Well, my my point is, yeah, my point is, and it's probably not going to be a popular point, especially with you. But my point is, it really doesn't matter because everybody's going to get it eventually. Anyhow, I hang on. okay, or they're going to get vaccinated. okay, and it doesn't matter if there's only one person or there's a thousand people because that one's going to give it to seven. Those seven are going to give it to seven more and on and on. And it doesn't matter if hits today or hits later. It's gone. What's better? Let me ask you what's better. You tell me what's better. Okay, I'm going to give you two things. Scenarios. Okay. 200,000 people die from coronavirus. Okay. That's one scenario. Okay. Which is actually what happened. Yeah. 5,000 people die from coronavirus. That's not the choice. Is one better than the other? It's not the choice. Is one better than the other? Obviously, but it's not the choice. I don't know. Again, I don't have the numbers offhand of how many people died in South Korea from coronavirus. Yeah, but it's not the choice. People are going to get it regardless. Everybody's going to get it regardless. Or you're going to get vaccinated. Let me explain. In South Korea... They were able to... Now, South Korea is a, is a country of 50 million people, so six times. So even if you divide 200,000 by six, it's still way, way, way but more than South Korea. All it, takes is, all it takes okay. is 10 people today in South Korea the, to re-spread the, it, and eventually... The evidence shows. Eventually, everybody's going to get it, and they're going to either survive, mm-hmm. which 99.6% of people okay. do, or they're going to die, or okay. they're going to get it vaccinated. I'm not discussing. You, you're correct. Let me move on to the film. I'm reviewing a film. Let's review a film. The film draws the conclusion that... 
if decisions, if different decisions were made, the number of people that died in the United States would be lower. And that, I think, is undeniably true if you see the movie. I think You haven't seen the movie, I so think, there's no reason to give an opinion No, on I have an opinion about but, the virus, because I'm living in a We're not discussing and the it's, virus. It's, we're, it's, we're reviewing not, the feature it's, film. They would have died later. Okay. Okay. You're not going to stop but it. But the evidence die does not later. support that. The evidence does not support that. I say it And does. you know why the evidence Beca- doesn't Unless support you can that? stop it. Say we go all go hide right. for a month. Does yeah. it stop it from being contagious? It doesn't. Okay. It's still the, contagious. The difference is that we have treatments. Be, we, d- because of treatments and testing, we can slow down the mortality rate. That's absolutely true. But that's a thing that we should have been Test, doing in February testing does, that we weren't doing. Testing doesn't save anybody. It does. And 99.6% of the people die. The average age of people dying is 74 years old. There's people that have a certain weakness If you would like to watch this this movie, we can discuss this movie the next time you come on the show. (laughs) It's on Hulu on Wednesday. It's brilliant. Now, I think it's going to upset a lot of people. If you think that... You know, they're out to get Trump by creating coronavirus, which this whole thing's been politicized. It's all been politicized. um, You know, but you have to watch, you know, when Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, was put in charge of procuring PPE, personal protection equipment. We didn't have enough of it in the United States. We needed to find out where we're going to get personal protection equipment from. You uh, he he gives Jared Kushner the authority to find this personal protection equipment, procure it, and distribute it. So Jared Kushner goes out. Who do you think he hires to create this committee of people? See, you aren't talking about the quality of the movie. I am talking you're, about the quality, I mean, but this is it's, talking, a great, it's a great documentary. If yeah, you've seen Alex Gibney stuff, it's good. that's not about the quality of the okay. movie. Well, this that's is one about, of the things, okay? Fair uh, enough. How, how true it Fair is. Fair enough. You know, how true well, look, it is. And they so talk that, to one. Okay, so, I'll, I'll tell you who they hang, hire. Hang, hang about on, the hang question. on, I'm just going to tell you. But I have you should let me respond to what you're saying. I haven't finished. Okay, I asked the question. You don't have an answer. I'll move on. Do you think who, who did he hire? Who did he hire? Do you know? It doesn't, I'll tell you who. I'll tell you because they're in the movie. It doesn't matter. He hired college kids it, with no experience in public policy, health care, supply chains, see, or this, anything. This is just he a political conversation found, at this point. No, 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 this no. This no. movie. Yeah, this, this is what poli- Jared Kushner did. This is a political conversation I mean, isn't that about a whether it was politically uh, of, the, of our politicians. You have okay, that, That's what this conversation is. The federal is. government's response but, to procuring... PPE was to hire college kids with no experience to do this. Vol- not even hire them, volunteer. Joel. It's Joel, a complete failure. You can't have How can you look at you that and have, say that's a good thing? You can't have half a political conversation and then when somebody okay. re- uh, hang on and then when somebody responds said no I'm reviewing a All movie. Right. So I, hang on. Okay. So I don't want to hear what you have to say. My mic's off. It's <laughs> you you're the only one speaking. People cannot hear me. Tell me when you're done and I'll respond. Well, you just talked for four minutes. I can't have a... Co- Fine. You think you're done talking? People can't even hear me right now. Are you done talking? They can hear you through this mic. Well, okay, but... <laughs> my I point is, my point is, if you want to have a political conversation, I'm good with that. Well, I, if I, you I want to review... Move, you didn't have an answer, so now I filled in the gaps. I told you what the answer It wasn't how good was the actor, or how good well, was no, the presenter. Well, no, this is a documentary. Or how, this yeah, is but, a documentary. Well, it wasn't how you, well you, it's presented. One of the college kids is interviewed extensively about him working on this task force 
with Jared Kushner and how they did not know what the fuck they were doing and how they completely failed to acquire the PPE. You know, so, I mean, that's the failings of Jared Kushner. He was the wrong guy for the job and he hired the wrong people for the job. I mean, you, you, that's an undeniable fact. Whether you like Trump, whether you vote for Trump, or whether you love like Trump, Trump, and you I don't can't look at the job that his son-in-law did you, you are so, in getting PPE. You're so far down the rabbit hole, and and you the missed, failings you of, missed the basics of the conversation about what can you possibly do. Okay. About well, a you can give you can give your frontline healthcare workers personal protection equipment to protect them from this virus and the more people you protect that you slow the spread when you hire college kids with no experience to procure ppe where they don't have any uh, authorization to pay for it uh they don't have any uh, knowledge of people in the industry in the healthcare industry there's no one with healthcare experience on this task force i mean that's a gigantic failure and people died because of that failure that's an undisputable fact my point is People were going to die eventually, anyhow. Well, look, we're all it going to die eventually. We're all going to no, die eventually. People are going to die. Th- there was of no COVID. need for two hundred thousand people to die in the United States. It's a failure. I disagree. The Trump administration failed. I disagree. I mean, I look, think I think two hundred thousand people were going to die anyhow. Matter of fact, we're going to have more people die. Yeah, and it's going to be due well, to COVID. Also. The numbers we're getting out of other countries mm-hmm. and our country are not necessarily accurate. Well, There's no discerning between people who die with COVID and people who die well, of look, COVID. There are, there are countries doing worse than the United States in their response to COVID. That's well, no there's question. also countries misreporting what they're doing. Well, wh- but whatever, hey. it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter if they misreport or they're doing better. Or well, it doesn't the, matter. The point is that that's not what you have is a disease that can kill you. And it's going to, if you get it, it's going to kill 90, it's going to kill 0.4% of yes. people. You know, well, look, I, I, if you watch the- Four-tenths of one percent of people are well, going to be fatal for. What you're saying to me yeah. is that you're going to not watch this movie. I'm saying to you, I'm not going to get the vaccination when well, it comes I'm out. not asking that, but I'm well, asking- no, no, no. I'm not, would you watch the movie and say- Not if, it, not if it's politically based. But it's not politically based. It's fact-based. They're interviewing the people. They're describing what was America's response day by day to the coronavirus. You know, when where fir- did things fail? When and this first came out in the first dozens month, of people that are talking about it and the failures when this first on different levels. Some of it was from Trump and some of it was from other people or people in his administration. Before all this happened, when this first came out, mm-hmm. I said, I don't understand why we're all hiding because mm-hmm. we're all going to either get it and live yeah. through it or we're going to get it and die, or we're all going to be vaccinated from it. Okay. Okay. And to vaccinate 350 million people is not something that's going to happen in a month. And this mm-hmm. was an unpopular position yeah. in the first month of COVID. I'm going, this. that's the reality mm-hmm. of it. And I have been through pandemics before. I've been very sick to the point where I thought I was going to die from the Hong Kong flu. Okay. And got down to 112 pounds and yeah. six foot tall. I mean, I was on the verge. But in any case, when this happens... Everybody gets sidetracked with all the politics instead of thinking about it realistically. When the our state okay. um, senator got online and did a town hall online, mm-hmm. you could ask him questions. And my question was this. I don't understand how this ends other than by getting it or being vaccinated for it. Yeah. And if you're going to get it, you're either going to live through it or you aren't. Putting on a mask and hiding in my house doesn't matter how long I'm in the house. Mm-hmm. Because if I come out in a year or I come out in six months... 
I can still get it. It's still going to well, be just look, as contagious unless you come up with a way to cure it, which or is what we it. are doing. And and the point of this film is that what did we do to prevent it? Or to stop it? And the answer is we did not do enough in the United States of America. Why? Because Trump wanted to downplay it. I think we, I think we did. You know, Dude, Trump we, we tried to downplay it. We stopped it. the whole country. I can't believe you don't think that's enough. That never before in my lifetime, and I've been around yeah. for a while, have we shut down all these businesses, okay. and, shut down all these restaurants. If you hang watch on, the hang documentary. On, hang on. Well, we've never had this response to that. anything, to of any of the flus or any of the pandemics yes. before. So to say we didn't do enough, I think is misrepresenting because well, we're, in, we're the, in a zone in where we've never been before. You see Donald Trump give a speech, I believe this is in March, and he says, we are going to shut down America. We're going to shut America down. We're going to close schools. We're going to close public spaces. Don't leave your home. This is the president's words. In April of 2020, he comes out and says, it's time to reopen America. We're going to have everything open again. And Trump did that. And the places that went along with what uh, Trump was saying. Yeah, well, was the comedy club open? Passes, well, the, were the schools open? In Florida, in Florida were, they no, were. No, no, and no. the places where that did open got way more cases of Dude, coronavirus that's, that's broad than the brush. places that didn't. That's so broad my point is that enough was not done. And you'll see it if you watch the documentary. Believe me, I was not... Look, my, my opinion was much more closely used before I saw this. Meaning that I thought... The government could have done better, but this thing was pretty bad, and it is pretty bad, and there's, there's no doubting that. But I did not know about the specific failures, and when you hear the stories from the people that were in charge of these things, yeah, or, well, you or know, the underlings, or the people that were fired right before, from making the decisions. There was a woman, um, I forget what part of the, the Trump administration she was in. Right before the was, election, uh, okay, they come out with a documentary. Telling okay. how bad this well, administration did. There was a you know, woman. This is political. There was the a woman political. that gave warnings about, and I believe this was in early March or maybe late February, and she said, "This coronavirus is going to come. We need to shut down schools. We need to shut down public places. We need to stop air travel. We need to close the borders. All of these warnings." And she gave this report. Okay? And we did to some and, and, degree, and, and we did not to other degree. Wait a minute. She gave this report. Now, this was before March, before we actually made those. This is February. Right. And what happened was the stock market, hearing this report, tanked. Stock market went in the toilet for that day or whatever. Yeah. And Trump, when Trump found out that this report was issued from this federal office... And he saw the reaction that that caused on the stock market. His response was to fire that woman from her job, which he did. Yeah. So this woman was giving us advice that we would ultimately take, but we could have taken it in February, and we didn't. And we ended up doing exactly what she recommended come March, and she lost her job of it because of its effect on the stock market. Okay. Now... I think that's wrong. Well, I think rather than heeding her advice to fire somebody that gave advice because Trump doesn't want to hurt the stock market. Well, I think there's a number of concerns. So, and you know, I, and it's just another with, example of their failings. I think there's a, a number of concerns, and I think oftentimes it's a trade-off. Yes. And well, I think when you go to war, people die. When we, go to, when we bomb countries, we don't just bomb uh, people in the military. We bomb men, William, women, and children that should not be bombed. It's wrong. We should okay. not do that. But occasionally when you're at war, the tragedy happens to the human okay. 
existence, and this is a tragedy. Well, and people the, are going to die from this. The thing now, about you wanna, this movie, and the reason I'm recommending people watch the movie, is you, Ted, or whoever's listening to my voice right now, may not be aware of the specific failings of our federal government's response to coronavirus. You may not be aware of them. And if you're not aware of them, that's okay. But I think when you're made aware of them, it changes your opinion. Well, I think there's a trade-off. Sometimes you're trading people's lives mm-hmm. for the economy. Now, you don't want anybody to die, yeah. but sometimes you're trading people's lives mm-hmm. for a political agenda in a foreign country over politics, and that's why that. you're at war. And, and that's sometimes, why people are opposed to war. Well, yeah, and sometimes you shut down a whole bunch of businesses and a whole, put a whole bunch of people out of work yes. and a, put a whole bunch of people dependent on the government mm-hmm. you know, because you think this is an okay thing to do. For how long? At what point? Well, time again, we go back to a again, more normal society. This this movie does not try to answer those questions. That's not what it's about. This movie is called Totally Under Control because Trump, on more than one occasion, as you'll see in the movie, says it's totally under control. Oh, this coronavirus thing, it's totally under control. And it wasn't. He was lying. It was not under control. The numbers show that it was not totally under control. He is he is quoted in an interview with There's the journalist a- Bob Woodward on the telephone in March, and he tells Bob Woodward, he says, you know, Bob, the thing about this one that's bad is that it's airborne. He says, if it was just a touch thing and you had to touch this, people could not touch things. But it's airborne, and this thing's really scary. And then he goes out and gives a speech and says it's totally under control. He knew the danger of coronavirus, yeah, but and a- he downplayed it. Well, now, you could argue that he downplayed it to keep America calm. That's what he'll tell you. But it was you think not that's the not right true? thing. I think it was the wrong thing to do. You think he should have got told everybody this horrible and I think he should have should yes. be scared? I think he should have. I yes. totally disagree. Because eventually America got scared anyway. I'm not scared. Well, You're scared. Yeah, well, I'm not scared. I, I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm not afraid of this. If they told me I wouldn't have to wear a mask anywhere tomorrow, I wouldn't wear a mask. I think when you're it fighting depends. a deadly infectious disease, That's having a, some... With a 99.6% survival being, rate. Being somewhat scared of this, having a respect for the damage that coronavirus can do to human beings is the right course to take. 99.6% survival okay. rate. That I mean, that's okay. How scary is I, that? I mean, how scary is that? Talk to somebody who lost a family member. Get drafted. Well, get drafted to Vietnam. Uh-huh. What do you think your survival rate uh-huh. is if you're in the military uh, and you're going to Vietnam? Who has been think- drafted to the United States Army since 1980? How many people? A lot of my peers were. How many? A lot of my since peers were. Since 1980, how many? A lot of my peers were. Okay, we. My, a lot of my peers died. Why did and, we? And they, okay. they had less than a 99. We yeah, do not have was, a draft. But I'm saying when we something. We do not have a draft. I'm saying when something terrible happens, people die sometimes. We don't have a draft because the draft... We had something terrible happen. We had a draft. The draft was wrong. We stopped doing the thing that was wrong. Trump did. Trump's policy towards coronavirus was wrong. And Trump we didn't have to invent stop the virus, that. dude. He didn't His, make the virus. He was in charge of the response, dude, Ted. Some Ted, look, look. I'm not arguing this point other than All right. totally under control comes out on Hulu on Wednesday. All right. You can be Ted Moss and have a closed mind and have your opinion. Or you I, can don't, watch I think this you film. have a closed mind. I think my mind is open. Well, listen, I watched this documentary, and my eyes are open to failings. I think, I I think it's political. There. I think it's a. I think it's. I don't believe it's political, political on, on my part. Okay. I mean, I was not going to vote for Trump anyway, and I didn't vote for him in 2016. And so, you know, this documentary is not like a thing that made me think that Trump. But I was unaware of the specific failures of the federal government in response to the coronavirus. That's what this movie's about. It's all laid out in it, 
and you can disagree and make allegories about other things, which is what you've been doing today. And I'm not <laughs> saying that that's not valid, but the specific failings brought up in this documentary by the people who were there when that happened, I think is going to outrage people. You think it made more people die? Uh, I think mm -hmm. possibly it made more people die sooner. Well, how about that? That's that's my feeling. Well, look, the point is that even as if we you get... even if you vaccinate people, vaccinations mm -hmm. are only somewhere between sixty and ninety percent well, effective. The... Hang on, so there's still people that are going to get this even if they're vaccinated, right. and they're still going to die. The, the, I guess, but that who's I is guess that? what the move, what the documentary's sort of point is, is that. This is where we're at. We all agree where we're at. Everybody in the world agrees where we're at. What did we do to get to where we're at? And I think the answer based on this film is that we did the wrong things. And, you know, um, going forward, we need to do the right things. We can't continue to make those poor decisions. And a lot of the things that were seen as failures, like I said about the the PPE group that was, you know, the college right. kids, you know, they disbanded that because it was ineffective. Right. But... Could they have put together a better team to respond to getting personal protection equipment? Yeah, they could well, have. Anytime you're doing something did. new, you do things well yeah, and yeah, things and, not and, as well, uh, depending on what you want to talk but it's, about. But it's an amazing... They did things wrong. How they do with ventilators. For the wrong reasons. And ventilators how they do are with, brought up. How they do with, you know, the ventilator issue making masks. Talking. Well, the problem with the ventilators How they do that, with mandating masks. Well, it, how they look, do it's with all the documentary. I'm not gonna, they, they did a lot of things, you know? They did a lot of wrong things. Well, and people died as a result. And that's all not you can say about it. They died they as did, a result they, no. of COVID. They died a result of getting COVID when they shouldn't have gotten COVID. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's just the facts. That's I disagree. Not, there's no, you know, you can't argue that you're going to have people walk around essentially when you know that, that rather than testing people, you just say, we're not going to worry about it. Rather than testing people and warning Look people at, that you'd have to test everybody every day. Well, you, you don't, don't have it today. You got it tomorrow. You do, well, I'm tested clean today. I I came here with you. Well, I you, might have it tomorrow, you sample you know? a portion of the population to see how far it spread, and we didn't do that. We could have done that, but but we couldn't do the test because again, you didn't see the documentary. So I'm working with a different set of facts than you are. <laughs> okay, but you know, part of it is that they didn't approve. The FDA would not approve these coronavirus tests and there's a reason why and it's in the movie why they wouldn't approve of them right uh and so people couldn't get the test eventually by march they approved the exact same test that they wouldn't approve in february which then resulted in everybody yeah. getting tested which is why our numbers went way 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 up if you look at any of, graph of, of people getting it of people of known cases of coronavirus I mean, I mean, the argument, I guess, comes down to is it's known cases of coronavirus versus unknown cases of coronavirus. If you say, if you say, if you know it, do you not well, die? If you if you haven't tested anybody, then the number of confirmed coronavirus cases is zero. It doesn't mean that nobody has it. Yeah. So you know, you can assume people don't have it, but that's was not the right assumption to make. You should have made the assumption that people had it because people were coming from these places that were having high rates of coronavirus. Yeah. And we simply weren't testing. And I think that's why they shut down travel. Well, they did. But did, that was that was that's 
that's was, you know at a time Nancy yeah. Pelosi is saying come on to you know Chinatown everything's okay and somebody else is saying well, let's shut down the country I think both sides are dealing with it as best well, they can I think things could have been done better but I think the basic difference is that I'm not as afraid of dying as some people are and that I think this generation has never been put at risk. You weren't involved in the Cold War when we could have blown up the whole world any second. You weren't involved in the who was exercise- involved in the Cold War. Were you around when the Cold War was? I was alive on? when the Cold War was happening. Yeah, you remember that? You remember yeah, hiding? You remember getting terrible. under? You remember getting under your desk yeah, at school and bomb things. raids and those things? Those were bad you remember things. going standing down in the basement of the schools where you could I hardly do. breathe? I remember you know, all I mean, those things. These things, yeah. These things were in 1960s. I don't know how you remember. Well, I remember. No, but they, I remember. They weren't you know, doing them but in but the I mean, 70s. The, the point is the that they, that, you know. You heard about the, them. But the, I think there hasn't been The so de-escalation much. Yep. of nuclear arms was probably a good thing then, wasn't it? I don't know. I think it yeah, only, I mean, only it, takes it, it, a couple to, yeah. to make it now, go left. I think North Korea has enough well, to make North it Korea all go back. But, but <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, yeah, but it's just. In any case, I'm just saying if you've dealt with enough jeopardy, if you've been in situations where it's really a life or death situation, mm-hmm. you begin to realize that this affects everybody at some time in different ways. This generation, yeah, well, it's the coronavirus. Well, it is coronavirus. And it's unfortunate, and, and, but there's some things you can only, you only can do so much. You're not going to do everything perfect. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we're all going to die. And yeah. hopefully... We don't have a high chance, mm-hmm. but with the coronavirus, you do have a half of one percent of dying if you get well, it. People, and if you your average age is seventy four years old, and well, so people, to I, to be this shut down to shut down our whole economy well, over those kind of odds. Well, we've I already think, talked about how our economy that, is reopening. Yeah, well, as it reopens of, and with the more reopens, we are seeing more. Again, confirmed cases of coronavirus. And you will until everybody, and, yeah, everybody and, has and, to get it. Everybody has look, to get it. That is a way to deal with the coronavirus. Everybody has to get it. That is a way to deal with it. I'm or, not saying or, it's the or, right or way. Or you way. have to get a vaccine. It's a way. Yeah. It's a way. There's different ways. Well, what's the that's other way? That's a way. We all hide well, the, for the five way, years yes, until that's, it that's doesn't a way exist. Too. That's a way, too. We can't. We can't I'm not eat. telling you what the right way is. But <laughs> what I'm saying is there was also a way that the federal government... In January and February and early March of 2020, yeah. responded to the threat of coronavirus on the shores of the United States. And if they would have and done it perfect. they chose a way that ended up literally and, killing people. And if they would have done it okay. perfectly. And perfectly, that's what this film that, is about. That, then are you saying coronavirus wouldn't have came here? That's if they would have the done film, it perfectly? I am not saying that. Well, are you saying that everybody wouldn't have got, got it? No. What? Then eventually we're in the same situation. I'm going to say what I'm going to say. (laughs) The United States response to the coronavirus possibly entering the United States was poor and people died as a result of that. This is past tense. This is past tense. Past tense. Yeah. January, February, March of 2020. There were failures all up and down on all levels of the federal government, including those and, and, you know, decisions and speeches given by the president right, himself. Right, That's what this film is about. Right. I agree with the conclusions of this film. Right. If you want to, it does not deal with coronavirus in any broader scope than that. Although the, the film does end with a black card with white text that says President Donald Trump was diagnosed positive with coronavirus one day after completion of this film. Ba-dum-po. So that is how the movie ends, which, you know, is not uh, just a little bit ironic. But it was very eye-opening to the failures of our federal government 
And um, I'm no fan of the government. Well, I think I think if you watch this, yeah, um, you might agree with that. And 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 you know, even if you agree with what this film's conclusion about what the federal government did or didn't do in those early days of coronavirus, you, your whole worldview does not have to change based upon this film. No, well, we but you can agree that, boy, they did a shitty job. We, and that's the, that's the goal of this, is to show people what a shitty job that they did. Monday morning quarterback. Well, it is whatever. what it is, yeah. but I, isn't that important yeah. to know for the next our one. response? For the it, next it, one. it should be. But what is that, you know, what is that next one going to be? And not only that, but what have we done... Because let's face it, the virus isn't gone, and we don't have any. It's never cure that be we gone. were for. We don't it's have any, go- you know, any vaccination right now. So, who should be making the decisions going forward? But you understand, and, even, and even if we get a vaccination, it's, it's not gone. It's a question that you have to think about for yourself. Yeah, is you know, you as a person who votes, or anyone listening to this that votes in the United States, has to make a decision about, you know, who is going to be making those decisions. No, I don't have that's to. Part, that's no, part of what no, our election no, is. No. Yes. No, I don't have to vote based on the coronavirus. You don't have to, but that I, is I an issue. Vote, yeah, but I can vote based on any can, issue yeah, I want. Absolutely. But I can vote based you know, on vouchers or what I want to do yeah, for yeah, the poor people. Sure. Or I can vote on, can vote I like somebody's hair color. Well, there I don't you have go. To vote, I don't have well, to vote Trump's based on the coronavirus. Well, that beautiful, fucking blonde Yeah, but you can't say that people have to take that in consideration when they vote. If if coronavirus, I can vote on anything. I can vote on foreign look, policy. That's if my coronavirus, thing. Let me, you know? let me ca- I'm going to redo my question. All right. All right. If the coronavirus is important to you, somebody listening, not you. Yeah. Anyone listening to this? I guess you're part of somebody listening to this. Yes. <laughs> if coronavirus is important to you. Yeah. And, you know, you part of who you get to vote for is going to determine our policy going forward. And if you know what the current administration did in response to the early days of coronavirus, maybe you want different people going forward if in that's the later your stages issue. of the virus. If that's your issue, if you're going to vote on issue. And it's yeah. okay. It may and, not and, be your and, issue. Hey, man, and maybe not. It may be it might the not economy. Be. might not be. Yeah, maybe welfare. I mean, look, there's people in this country. It may be universal There's people income. in this country. It may be There's people else. in this country yeah. who want to ban crunchy peanut butter. And if that's your issue, please vote for the one that wants to ban, ban crunchy <laughs> peanut butter. Maybe that's Ted is a peanut butter guy. You, you want to get rid of that crunchy shit because you only want the smoothest, creamiest is peanut my butter issue getting on your diminished? I have to vote based on your issue because mine's you don't have crunchy to. peanut butter. Nobody has to vote on anything. Yeah, because... Yeah, you can use that. You should use this film, and it's probably why it's coming out now. Yeah, to help well, it's you like the Hillary film. That. It's like well, yeah. well, the Hillary film. It was a hit piece. It came out right well, before the look, election. I mean, that, that, they all do the same thing. It doesn't matter if it's Michael as, Moore. Somebody's going to do. As this. no fan of Hillary or Bill Clinton, uh, I can assure you that nothing that either of them do, yeah. led to the number of deaths and illness in the United States as Trump's response to coronavirus. So, yeah, those things don't equate. Well, you could talk talk about their well, ethics. It's just, it's just, you know about how I mean, they made their money. I mean, everybody has I'm an sure, issue. Yeah, but I, I mean, mean, you can talk about the character uh, or things Trump has. But the, I mean, you can have any. But the thing about coronavirus, though, Ted, is that it's a scale. It's a scale thing that has touched so many people. I mean, it's a scale that is, you know, the scale of this is 15 times the deaths from 9-11. I think it's been. And you look at the response to 9-11 with our federal policies and how much we responded, you know, militarily and in other ways. You know, boy, this this is, you know, not everything is equal because you care about it more. 
you know, you can care about, like I said, you can care about peanut butter sandwiches to the equality of coronavirus, but you're talking about something that is literally maybe I, affecting maybe I every Maybe I care American. about, you know, black okay. people and their interaction that's with okay. the police more. That's okay. More than the coronavirus. That's fine. Maybe that's but my I, issue. I, I, don't know you if, know? I don't know if you could find an issue that has affected more people in the last 12 months in the United States. I, again, you could disagree with that, but I would say for me and for most people, that is probably the biggest issue on their minds. That's just saying. I think I think it's been really hyped in the media, and I think everybody's scared. Well, and I, I and I understand that, but I'm I'm a skeptic. Well, I I'm a, I'm I think skeptical. you're scared I'm, for reasons, and and you know it's okay. And look, you're entitled to your opinion. But again, this film called Totally Under Control, which will be on Hulu, October twentieth, <laughs> will tell will tell you exactly what happened. Uh, and its response, and it's 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 frightening, and it's it's upsetting, and um, you know it's too bad that that had to happen. Well, I want to say one last word about yes. it, and that is, it it's been really nice having my last podcast with you. I'm sure I will not be invited again. Believe <laughs> me, I tell you every time it's your last one. I mean, I, this is not. Uh, see, look, I look. There will be a documentary, and feel free to make this, and maybe I'll come on camera. If you want to make a documentary about the failings of Joel Radio <laughs> and my decisions as co-host, when faced with the untimely death of Corey Hall, the comedic genius who sat in that chair, we can talk about my failings in making decisions. <laughs> and God damn it, you're probably right. <laughs> but meanwhile, yeah, I will say thank you, Ted Moss, All right, for well, sitting in with hey, me. Hey, thanks for having me. I, I enjoyed... Some of the show. And you know what? <laughs> and you know what? And I'm going to tell you something that's going to piss you off. I'll quit it. You already no, done that. No. What? I, I disagreed with so much of what you said, especially in the last 30 minutes, and you were still my friend. Well, why wouldn't we be? Well, and I will invite you back to the podcast. There you go. How Thank about you. that? Ah, How's that feel? Ah, I feel? Does that feel nice? I don't know if I want to do this. I again. don't know. Oh, yeah. But there are people in the world who will not speak to people. I know. I you know, think people that's will have this conversation. No, like, I think that's the conversation that's that we just had. People will have over the Thanksgiving dinner yeah, table, and those people won't be invited to Christmas. And people are having well, these arguments on Facebook, and 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 that's wrong. I think we can all agree that that's wrong. I absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So that's that's no. You, you know what? One of the things I pride myself in is that I have people of a lot of different opinions mm -hmm. and a lot of different points of view. And, you know, I guess they tolerate me, but I tolerate them, too. Well, and everybody has a valid perspective. It's, it's, That's fine. You know, but I think it, I think the great thing is that we take the time to well, and, at least listen to the other and I, and I think the other thing about that is that, you know, you have to look at people in your life and decide, you know, what is the value of this person in my life? You, to me, are not deciding coronavirus policy in my life <laughs> no because if so we might not be friends uh, yeah right but that's, but that's, yeah, not, that's what not what you're doing job. we come in we talk about comedy we talk about rock and roll and guitar you know people don't understand we have and, a lot we, of friendly and, conversations and yeah we friendly. do most of our conversations so, are very so, friendly so very supportive while i disagree with you yeah and that's and okay I, I would like to think about you and i would hope that maybe you would take two hours out of your day next wednesday or at some point in the future <laughs> and watch totally under control directed by Academy Award winner Alex Gibney and uh, I don't think and get back with Academy you Award. but you know I mean you can completely disagree with that and there's people that will um, but I think you know um, that is one of the powers of filmmaking is to change your mind and open your mind and uh, you know my girlfriend uh, and I said this to her I, after we finished it 
And believe me, I had to sell her on the idea of even watching this thing because let's face it, we were watching Airplane and right. Ted Lasso over the last yeah, week. You know, yeah, right, we finished right. Ted Lasso, but I said, um, you know, so when it ended, I said, "Are you going to tell you know the girls at work to watch?" She said, "Oh my God, am I going to tell everybody I know to watch this?" Oh, that really? was her opinion. She said, "Yeah, I got to tell everybody I know to watch this." She says, "Because, you know." I did not know that these things were going on, and I said, to, for in large part, I did not either. And her eyes are really open yeah. uh, to what went on. So anyway, that's totally out uh, under control. Alex Gibney, Hulu, on the twentieth. TED talks too much. Well, the number two. Ted number talks two. too much. TED talks too much. Dot yes. com. And that's where you can get your TED. Uh, you can get your TED in there. In your TED. Forgetting what he talked about with his guest. Yes. Kara, Kora, Kara, Kira. Out <laughs> of guests, yes. But I like the show. I'm a fan. I should listen to more shows, but again, I, I got this glut of shows. Yeah. It's too much. All right. And it's funny because I haven't been part of the glut because I haven't been doing shows. <laughs> but hopefully, getting back to comedy, we'll be able to you know have more guests and, yeah. and, and do all that and have some stories. And again, the advanced comedy class starts November 7th at the Comedy Castle in Royal Oak. If you want to be part of that, hit me up. Joel the comic at gmail.com and uh, you can be part of that and uh, what else can I tell you go watch some shows go watch Ted Lasso watch the goes wrong show yeah yeah good idea <laughs> you're gonna watch Red Oaks and get back to me alright All right. we'll catch you later guys thanks for listening to Joel Radio see ya